Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Well, thank you for coming all the way to Cincinnati, Mr. McMahon. What the hell is this place called again? It's Dixie Chili. Uh, we uh, usually call it Coxie Chili. <laughs> Bo, how is that a joke? I'll get it. Bruce, explain this shit to me. Uh, well, sir, I think it's because uh, Dick and Cock are synonyms, which are... Shut up, Bruce! I know what a synonym is. I work out my mind just as much as I work out these guns. Now listen here, Buster Bars. You know, this week is the biggest week in my WWE year. Oh, for sure. Enormous. And you know that all the eyes in the pro wrestling podcasting world are going to be on you two. Oh, yeah. Certainly. And that's all because of this guy right here. Undoubtedly. Perhaps? Bo, after much consideration... I think I'm starting to get why the kids like you. You're pretty funny, you know. You keep being you, kid. What in the hell kind of chili is this? Oh, it's Cincinnati chili. Yeah, it's technically what's called a uh, three-way. Where you know you can go with the chili with noodles yeah. and then the cheese on top, or you, or you can have pony, which is the hot dog. God damn it! This is not chili. Send this back where you got it from. Put it in a goddamn bowl. No noodles, no cheese. Bruce, put your damn bowl down and send that shit back as well. We need a two new good chilies out here. And bring me a goddamn better spoon. Well, uh, I thought it was pretty Bruce, good. you hated it? I don't want to hear another damn word about it. Oh, sorry, sir. Sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We thought you'd like it. We kind of yeah. wanted to treat you to some of our local delicacies yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, um, the experience, yeah. you know. Uh, you know, you like to think that when you come to somebody's house, like when I brought you to my place, I served you those delicious fucking steaks, and you serve me this kind of shit. But you know what? Honestly... It's no skin off my back. But there will be plenty of goddamn skin off your back if you fuck around again this week. And if this chili is any indication of how you're gonna handle it, I'm goddamn glad I stepped in. And just to make sure you don't, I brought this guy, my main man, Bruce Pritchard here, our lead writer, to help me out with it. Hi. Bruce! is going to be reporting back to me each night on the progress of this week's show. And I better hear nothing but love for the main roster. I swear to God, boys, it better be Sasha Banks, Roman Reigns, and Raw Talk every damn second of that show. Or I swear I am going to murder you two. Because this is why they signed up for that shitty subscription service, Peacock. Now what a terrible name it is. Why the hell would you name it after that stupid bird? Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. In the way they've kind of organized all the WWE stuff on there. It's- it doesn't matter how they're organizing shit. All that matters this week is that people watch my goddamn WrestleMania. And you guys 
are here to talk it up and get them to watch it. And I swear, that's your only job this week, boys. Now go it, goddammit! Remember, two strikes and you're out. You're sitting in one strike. A full count. Dangerous land, boys. Well, sir, if I'm dead. Just like in baseball. Just like in baseball, boy. Bull, I really am starting to like the cut of your chip. All right, then. Well, uh, we shall do our job, Mr. McMahon. Oh, you're goddamn right you will. And if you know what's good for you, you're going to do it well. What the fuck is this? This isn't what I ordered. Bruce, so where are you staying? Uh, the Hilton, uh, in downtown. Okay. So, uh, yeah, uh, Dixie Chili. Yeah, how about Dixie Chili? That's pretty tight, isn't it? Coxie. Well, so, uh, yeah, this week coming up, it's gonna be real tight. We're excited. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, Gonna be a uh, big one. Uh-huh. Yeah, Bruce, have you uh, have you listened to our show much? Huh? Have you checked out our show? Sure. Well, hey, I'm interested in see what you think of you know like our process for making an episode. You know, writing it, putting it all together. We put a lot of time and craft into that, mm-hmm. and you know, being a veteran of WWE writing that you are, I figured you'd have an interesting take on kind of how we do things on the Brainbuster Boys. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, let's let's throw in some tunes. Yeah, so, yeah. It's going to be a long way S week. Yes, it is. It's, it's going to be a long one, but it's going to be fucking tight, and I can't wait. Let me get it pulled up. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, is that Swan? Yeah. Dude, good choice. Best album Billy Corgan's ever made. You, you don't want to tell Mr. Cardigan that, yeah. Right, that part of your episode 14. Low-key, one of my favorite jokes you guys have done. Really? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of made it up right there on the spot where we were doing it. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Man, I didn't know there were any, Zwan fan, any other Zwan fans out there. Yeah, I and, thought they didn't even exist. Well, we do. Yeah, man, Zwan rules. You got that right. All right. Hey, we're here. Uh, Bruce, you need any help carrying your stuff up? Uh, uh, cool. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, so uh, how about Bruce? Yeah. How about him? He's a Swan fan. I know, right? Fucking crazy. Is he the only other one you've ever met? Only other one I, I've met. No mm. joke. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that uh, that seems about right. What do you mean? I don't know, man. Uh, I just, I don't really trust him, you know? This whole thing just feels a little weird to me, you know? Yeah, it's definitely weird. Well, I mean, hey, I would just be careful about what you say around Bruce. Uh, you never know what he's going to tell Vince. And Vince, you know, for all we know, could just send him here to spy on us. Yeah, right, right. You're right. 
ไทยShit, man. Did you just talk in some Trek? Yeah, like Trek bros do, you know what? Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, all right. Yep. Tight. Uh, so, Bruce, are you uh, are you just going to be here listening while we record? I don't see any reason why not. All right, then. So, uh, big show this week. I mean, we need to get this right, bud. Yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, no unnecessary risks this week. Wait, you guys, you know you wouldn't have a good show if you didn't take any risks, especially like you did in episode 14. Well, yeah, but you clearly heard Vince the other night, right? Hard not to. (laughs) I mean, you're aware of how he uh, basically threatened us, right? Sure, but I mean, what kind of WrestleMania show would this be without risks, remember? It's just like Kathy Kirk said. Risk is our business. Okay. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly. Hey, hey. I can't believe he won the match. You didn't think he would. It was crazy. It was. Let's go. Chain, chain. Alright, welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode X7. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Bo Rand. All right. All right, buddy. Let's just go right in here to NXT Stand and Deliver Night 1. And I would say, you know, they stood up and uh, delivered the mail. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had had to sign it. Yeah. You had to sign on their little, like, weird um, device pad. Reminded me a lot about Carl Malone, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, just two great shows, you know, like had a, t- you know, I think we were definitely a little more excited about these than what's to come on the weekend, um, but I'd say they really, truly, no puns aside, really did deliver. Right, yeah, and you know, I, I guess to sort of what we were saying, we do have to, you know, it's necessary that we do talk about this to kind of set yes. the stage for what's going to be happening, obviously, later with yes. the main roster. And- yes, you heard earlier in our just wonderfully delightful uh, dinner we had with Mr. McMahon and Bruce Pritchard at Dixie Chili mm-hmm. um, that Vince, obvi- excuse me, Mr. McMahon, uh, obviously wants us to be focusing on WrestleMania, but of course we have to cover this. Um, and just another note, we did a live stream night one with our good friend Bishop TW Takes. Had a great time with him. 
got a little saucy towards the end. Extraordinarily. Um, so, you know, due to all these factors, you know, we didn't really take notes while we were watching because we really wanted to enjoy the shows. So we're going to just kind of do our damnedest to give you our off-the-cuff uh, thoughts and recaps and, uh, yeah, with a little bit of, I guess, uh, some uh, play-by-play mixed in as well. But, uh, yeah, we're off and running, Let's baby. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, night one uh, starts with Pete Dunne. Defe- Pete Dunn defeating Kushida in 10 minutes, 39 seconds. And why don't you tell the listeners how you spelled Pete Dunn's name? Pete, and then, you know, P-E-T-E, not P-E-A-T, like the flavor in scotch. Yep. Um, but Dunn, D-O-N-E. Yep, there it is. Yeah, Pete. it was far from done. Unfortunately, well Kushida done. was done. Mm-hmm. Um, this was an awesome 10-minute match, and about as, you know, as good as it not as good but a great 10 minute match you know they build this as the battle of the best technical wrestler and again with night one being simulcast on usa as well as peacock we weren't sure like is this going to go over two hours it did not and i think this kind of set the stage for that like they could have done a whole lot more but with the time they were given i thought this was a fucking great match yeah you know i thought it was real flippy yes and exciting I also wrote down technical, very pinpoint. We have the attacking of body parts. Yes. Which yes. I think falls under the technical tarp. Yep. Um, and Kushida just going for, well, really both guys kind of going for the arm. But I mentioned when we were watching. Yes. The classic Pete Dunn ripping at the fingers. Uh, Kushida, like in the match against Kyle O'Reilly, we reviewed for a couple weeks ago. Like similar. He's always going for that arm because of the hoverboard lock submission. And, you know, there were even callbacks to that match when he kind of did the the slam off the top directly into the hoverboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think this was your first Pete Dunne match, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. And I thought, you know, he was pretty pretty similar to Kushida. Yeah, I a think, little bit man. more, a bi- little bigger, a little more brutal. You yeah. know, he's the bruiser weight. Mm-hmm. You know, he does like the rip at the digits at the mm-hmm. fingers there. Um, but, yeah, this was a really, really fun opener to kind of kick off, you know, the action here, you know, when we talked in our picks last week, uh, we both picked Kushida, and you know, my rationale was that Pete Dunne, you know, he's been in NXT a little longer, he's definitely more established, he just didn't need the big win as much, and Kushida, you know, he's kind of just now getting some momentum in NXT, uh, but he needed that big win, and I thought this would have been an opportunity to give it to oh, him. Oh yeah, for sure, on a pay-per-view, and uh no, it did, it did not work out. You know, he got his, you know, licks in pretty early. So it was pretty obvious, I think, you know, from the get-go. Um, once, you know, that was started to happen to Pete Dunne, I thought he was going to win. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, I would love to see a rematch of this. Um, you know, I was so hyped on it when they announced it and coming in. And it, I, it, ex, I, it, ex, it, I, and it definitely met my expectations for sure. But I could have used five, maybe even ten. If, this, if these guys get 20 minutes and kind of allow them to tell a real story... I think it could be excellente stuff. For sure. But it was great for what it was and a great way to set the tone for stand and deliver. deliver. And match number two of night one, we have Bronson Reed defeating Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, Isaiah Scott, L.A. Knight, and Leon Ruff in 23 minutes, 15 seconds in a gauntlet eliminator match. Which coming in, um, I was not aware that they did have those three-minute intervals. So we talked last week how a normal gauntlet match is like a one-on-one and then Mm -hmm. one guy wins and then the next comes in. But yeah, yeah, this definitely had more of like a Royal Rumble feel to it. What did you think? I thought that definitely made it a lot more compelling. It did, yeah. It made it a little bit more, you know, like I think it kind of shaved some time off. 
you know, especially if we were just one-on-one. -on -one. You know, I think the chaos, yeah. you know, can sort of bounce people, you know, a little earlier, and they took advantage of that. Um, yeah, no, I dug it. Um, you know, I think this, obviously, tonight and um, the uh, following night, night two, were big nights for Bronson Reed. Absolutely. I mean, he probably may have had the biggest, you know. Even though he didn't end up getting the win in night two, like two great performances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even from two weeks ago, he got that big win over L.A. night. So, yeah, big things coming up ahead for Bronson Reed, that's for sure. But I, I'll tell you what, another real star of this match for me was Isaiah Swerve Scott, who was one of the first two in. He made it to the very end. Um, and especially in that last kind of final three segment, yeah. once Knight and Loomis got out, like, and it was just he, Grimes, and Reed, like, he just had so many great moves. And at the very end, you know, multiple near falls on Reed. It's like, we didn't think he was going to win, but damn, they made you believe it. And he looked awesome in this oh, match. Oh, yeah, he totally did. And I mean, you know, He's very athletic, very agile for a guy his size. No, he's really fun to watch. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this on the stream with Bishop, and he hadn't seen Lucha Underground either, but that's when I kind of got my first exposure to him. He was a character called Killshot. He wore a mask. He was in military background, but, like, the guy can fucking wrestle, and he can do, you know, like you said, he's a freak athlete, and he showed that off a lot in this match. But, you know, big surprises, though, you know, we talked about it in our preview, and I think a lot of people, you know, out there on Twitter and people we've engaged with kind of felt that this was going to be either Dexter Loomis or L.A. Knight. Right. And both of those guys were kind of eliminated earlier on in the match. In fact, L.A. Knight wasn't in there more than just no. a few minutes. And he got eliminated by Bronson Reed, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So he had the very nice kind of catch Loomis off guard move. Loomis had uh, Grimes in his, what he's called the silent submission, and he kind of had him choked out and laying down. And remember, Knight kind of like squirmed his way in and like rolled up Loomis. And I'm like, oh my God, he might get him. One, two, three, got him. Like, oh shit. And then it was almost right away after that. Uh, what did Bronson Reed do to him? Fuck. Um... So yeah, right. You know, right after Knight eliminated Loomis, uh, Grimes kind of gave Knight a quick slam, and then Reed hit him with the big splash, and yeah, got the pin in under a minute. And then we kind of see, you know, then he spills outside, and Loomis puts Knight in the submission hold outside. So, you know, Loomis is pissed that Knight eliminated him. Knight got caught off guard. So like, I think we're definitely headed to a Loomis Knight match, which you know, right. a good thing with a match like this is it can set up another feud. Sure, as it yeah. Just did with that. Yeah, and even L.A. Knight and Bronson Reed, who's lost to him twice. Yes. Have you seen that? So that could That's be... That's right, yeah. Too. Good um, call. One comment I got, so we got Cameron Grimes. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention oh. him. And Cameron his, Grimes! And his stick. Uh, yes. And um, so he's there offering people money. He offered money to Isaiah Swerve Scott. Who took to get, it. Yeah, who took it yeah. and got out... Um, Who's the other guy? Ruff. Yeah, they kind of double teamed Ruff and yeah, mm -hmm. had a quick little alliance yeah. there. Yeah. And, then, and then I think he back, you know, he got Cameron Grimes out, didn't he? Was, yeah. That was, yeah, later after Knight got out. Yes, good mm -hmm. call. Remember they were kind of like rolling each other up, and I mentioned they were both grabbing at the tights, which which, which, which is kind of like a classic heel move. Yeah. It gives you the extra leverage. Uh, but, yeah, they were kind of rolling up, and Swerve eventually got him. And, yeah, you know, it led to that final two exchange with he and Reed that we kind of talked through already. But, remember, he also hit him on, like, I think it was a Death Valley driver directly on the apron. Mm. Scott on to Reed. It's like, damn, that's a big boy hitting the apron it like is. that. Yeah, love him. You know, this was just, this match definitely exceeded my expectations. And, 
you know, it was one of those things when we real, you know, we weren't sure how long this was going to go. I'm like, this match alone could go an hour if it's a traditional gauntlet yeah, style. Yeah, but they, you know, needed to kind of condense it. Well, there and, were there were lots of stuff at the top of the card. Exactly, and, and I thought, and, you know, again, this was great. You know, you had two guys like Reed and Scott, who we never thought would be at the end, and they both ended up there. They both had great showings, and I've kind of made this point before. It's like. The beauty of wrestling a lot is when you can make everyone in a match look good. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, I'm not going to say that Leon Ruff shined amazingly, even though he did look good in the moments he was in there. But, uh, yeah, I thought this match was just very effective and, you know, really kind of helped get everyone over. Yeah, Ruff did some cool shit in the beginning. Yeah, did, yeah so, for sure. Yeah, there's just a lot of action here. Um, but we go in to match number three, which is easily my match of night one. Um, and that is Walter defeating Tommaso Ciampa in 16 minutes, 58 seconds, and just a fucking knockdown, drag-out affair. And I was tweeting with, actually, Bishop before we went on the show, and, you know, just, I was taking a walk outside, it was beautiful weather, I was just excited about the night, and I specifically was, like, in my mind thinking, like, man, I can't wait to watch my or Bo's first Walter match with him. What'd yeah. you think? Um, I thought the the chop thing was was very <laughs> like you know with that being kind of like, you know that's probably not his signature move, but that's the, the move finish? that yeah, yeah 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 that's the move that just defines him almost you yeah know? just those chops I think were. You know, we, we, we build this as lean versus cuisine because Ciampa, we said... <laughs> That's right, um, yes, good call. Ciampa looked, you know, very... I'd never fit, seen him... Like, he's fit. always been in great shape, don't get me wrong, but it seemed like he lost 15 to 20 pounds and he was just fucking uh, Yeah, when he threw off that Final Fantasy villain, yeah. like, um, cloak yeah. that he was wearing. He yeah. was looking shredded. Yeah, and... Um, I forgot lean versus cuisine. Yeah. That's oh, great. It was a chop show. Yeah, you know, for sure. We, I think we brought up on that, you know, hypothetical how much money would it take for you to get chopped by Walter? Walter, yeah. And yeah. then someone else tweeted that yesterday. Like, it was against Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. in, I think, an England match or whatever, where he just fucking way lays going him. Out. Yeah. Uh, so what what would be your price? Like, so we, you know, we talked about, like, a Mike Tyson punch. And, yeah. like, that could really fuck you up. Oh, yeah, and that could, like, make, like, complicate using the money. Yeah. That, that if you get a Mike Tyson punch directly to the face undefended, oh, yeah. that could fuck your world. Oh, but no, a big Walter time. Big Chop to the chest is going to fucking hurt like shit. Yeah, but, but it's right. not going to fuck your life up. Oh, yeah. No, I think, you know. I know we kind of did. What 10, were we, 20, yeah, I think we were saying 10, in the 10 to 20, 20 range. range. Yeah, I I think our, our boy Micah from Specifically Devoid said he'd do it for two grand and a bag of Lay's bar, baked, baked Lay's baked barbecue, barbecue chips. chips yeah. which, what a just bad chip. We're talking chips. Yeah. Like, come on, get a better chip. Oh, yeah, that's basically a bastard Pringle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd do it for five grand. Um. I'd, I'd maybe go up a little, you know, like... I think the fan in me, too. Yeah. Like, that, you know, I don't need as much... Just to get chopped by Walter yeah. would be awesome. Be but, hey, let's neat. let's talk a little bit more about the match. Because sure. it was a fucking banger. Um, yeah, man, just simple, physical. Um, I loved early on when Walter kind of, like, chopped the announce table. And yeah, like on half. Split yeah, it in yeah. half. And then, remember, that selling of the hand became the story. Mm -hmm. And Walter's selling was just so good. And, like, he'd keep hitting him and slapping him. And he'd go back to the hand. And he'd start doing stuff with his left hand. And, man, it was just so good. And then, like, you know, Champa, I think Wade Barrett even said it during the match. It's like 
he doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. And you yeah. could tell that was kind of part of his goal was to kind of wear Walter down. Yeah. And, you know, he hammered him with like 15 clotheslines at one point, and it was just nuts. Yeah. No, Champa looked really good going against somebody like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that definitely is a, you know, weight, cl- you know, like two very different just body And types. kind of similar in night two with the carrying cross Finn Balor match. I thought they were both executed similarly and both very good. This match was definitely better. But like the bigger guy and the smaller guy, mm-hmm. you know, the size differential in that match on night two wasn't quite as much. But both I thought were executed mm-hmm. very, very well and very compelling and just simple storytelling with great selling. Yeah. Great selling is a good, you know. Very good. Very good. Okay, very good. Um, But yeah, and back to the finish. You know, like, this is a classic, like, 90s All Japan trope of the King's Road style of it's really more about just absolutely wearing your opponent down, Mm -hmm. not, like, hitting them with that one big... But, like, this is... It was a slugfest, and both these guys are just going at it. And, you know, I think I likened it, and I've made this analogy before, but maybe not on our show, but it's like, imagine you're in a wrestling video game, and they've got, like, their health meter. Yeah. Just that last chop just cashed Champa's health meter, and he Pretty had much. nothing left. Well, there were those power bombs at the oh, end. Yeah, yeah. like, like those, right those, before. Those, yeah, those power bombs were, you know, what sealed the deal. And then the last chop, signature. Yeah, so good. And one thing I forgot to mention upon the inch when they came out. So you know how they were kind of popping these graphics up with everyone with different stats? Oh, yeah. And one thing for each was intangible. Mm-hmm. Like, what's this person's intangible quality? And I loved that Walters was, he's unbeatable. Unbeatable. Like, what? Like yeah. How do you beat that? How do you beat that? Yeah, I mean, you know. It's... I mean, how do you beat Walter? <laughs> but for real, I thought that was a geek, and it's true. Like, the guy doesn't lose. Yeah, he doesn't. And, uh... I mean, he, you said he sold the title for what? It's over 700 over days 700 at this point. Days. And wow. again, it hadn't been defended a ton due to the pandemic and whatever else. But, you know, we both picked Walter and he obviously won. But, like, who does, who could beat Walter? I don't know. Like, I mean, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, like, that seems He's like unbeatable. A, he is unbeatable. But for real, like, I, I'm so intrigued with every match he has. Which, you know, we don't, we, well, now that he's back in America seemingly full time, we're going to see more of him. But he was away for, so so it was, I think, the episode before we started covering NXT where he kind of came back. So he'd been gone. So, man, just excited to have him back. Like, the guy, he's just a presence. He's so fucking good at wrestling, and I just love watching him. He's pretty tight. So I can't wait for more. Yeah, no, he's fun and now we get into the point of the evening where uh the sauce really started to take effect on us and you know obviously just kind of after that incredible match you know you need a you need a bit of a breather and what but you know this tag match was up next and you know msk defeats the grizzled young veterans and legato del fantasma in 15 minutes 24 seconds Honestly, fucking really fun match, uh, yeah. but can't say we paid super duper 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 close attention. Well, it, was, it was a chaotic match. I it think, was. You know, like it was very like everything. Very everywhere. fast. Like, yeah, fast all over the place. You know, you couldn't really tell who was getting the upper hand. Like MSK kind of like lied in wait there yeah. for a little bit. You know, they kind of like survive. When c- part of what kind of made it more chaotic. So n- normally in a triple threat tag match, 
it's still just 1v1 and you can tag anyone. Yeah. So like MSK could tag Grizzled Young Veterans if it was an MSK guy and a little guy, like just to get out of there. Yeah. But this, it was 1v1v1. Yeah. So it was like a true triple threat tag, which is automatically going to lend itself to more chaos because it's exactly. just three guys in the ring mm-hmm. all at once. Um, but... Um, again, it was a very fun match and very entertaining match. Can't say I have too, too much of like a recap early on, but I do. And again, and looking back at stuff after, um, watching it, Wes Lee of MSK, you know, at one point got a hot tag and just went absolutely ballistic. Mm -hmm. Just hit so many big, it was like a suicide dive, a somersault dive, a cartwheel into a Pele kick. It's like, holy shit. And then I think... Um, Gibson from the Grizzled Young Veterans finally like hit him with a chop and if you recall maybe you don't but there was like a double submission move where the both the Grizzled Young Veterans guys had MSK in a submission and instead of Lee tapping out oh, they Carter grabbed, hands. grabbed his yeah, hand I remember yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. which is a pretty classic like mm-hmm. You know, you see sometimes guys grab refs' hands. It's right. like, I love that shit. It's yeah. just something different it's instead something different of just, like, the, faking uh, the tap out or whatever. Right, so like, or just inching over to the rope. Exactly. Slowly, and you know they're going to get there, you know, beforehand. So a very yeah. cool, you know, very cool moment there. Um, you know, again, the action was just hot and heavy here and fast-paced. And I do remember towards the end it just kind of really broke down. And it was just all six guys just... Everyone getting their shit in and doing the moves. Um, and I and noted here that both Legato Del Fantasmo guys were out on the floor. And I don't think we really thought they had a realistic chance of winning. But they looked great. You know, so it came back down to MSK and I guess GYV as we'll call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were kind of exchanging punches and, you know, kind of doing some double team moves. And Carter, Nash Carter, hit a double cutter on both of them. Lee tagged in, and they hit the double-team blockbuster for the win. And again, only really kind of recalling half the match and just going over it now, I need a breath after talking yeah, about all that. Yeah, it was, uh, especially with those two back-to-back, yeah. you know? <laughs> I like, know, that's the, the no-popcorn match here. No. Like, that's the thing. This almost, you know, uses in that position, like, after a big match. Like, this is kind of supposed to be the breather, but this was anything but. Right. Um, and then we go into our main event, and which is one of the best built mat, which is one of the best built matches. Bit, 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 God damn it! Of the weekend, bit, um, especially within the last month or so. Like, and we talked a ton about it on the last couple weeks. Just how Raquel had been getting the upper hand and upper hand and upper hand, and EO finally got it. But just the build and booking for Raquel Gonzalez was so strong. That I just thought she had to win, and she did. Yes, she did. Defeat Io Shirai in 12 minutes, 55 seconds. In, I'm not going to call this match a letdown because it was not a letdown. Short for a main event. Yeah, It was, and again, I think that was part of it being on TV as well. The match was very good. Very good. Uh, for sure, but I think because of the build was so excellent, maybe I wanted it to be a little better. Yeah. But I still really liked the match. And I'm mm-hmm. glad Raquel won. And we noted when we were with the Bishop, and this is another thing that I just love in wrestling when it can happen, is like she 
won the belt, you know, and she wasn't really much of, like, on the radar of being a star even, like, eight months ago. Wow. And, like, she's really kind of catapulted her way up to the top of the card. And just, like, human being shit, like, you could just feel the emotion when she had the belt. And I think she even said, like, thank you, EO, at one point. And, like, when she's up on the ramp and started to cry, and I'm getting a little choked. But, like, I love that shit. Yeah. And, like, just a cool thing for Raquel Gonzalez, the human being. Like, and when you can really feel that emotion, that makes it all better for us as fans, I think. Exactly, yeah. And, um, you know, it was a very back-and-forth match. Yeah, for sure. You know, I thought, you know, like, Raquel got, you know, the, the hot hand kind of early. Yeah, she know, definitely dominated then, a bit early on. Yeah, and then Shirai got her stuff in. We obviously have the skull climb, which was oh, sort of like... At the end, and, the like... Kind of caught us off guard because yeah, I think didn't like EO double knee her onto the ramp yeah. and then like maybe ref or someone was checking and then it's like all of a sudden the camera zooms out and there she and she's is on top of the big NXT skull yeah, yeah and uh, jumps off makes me nervous as hell <laughs> when that happens yeah. um, but Gonzalez caught her pretty well yeah very um, very yeah, well yeah actually. and uh, yeah I mean that was you know definitely kind of um, a, a good centerpiece of the match. You know, Gonzalez ultimately got her, what was that, one-handed powerbomb thing that she does? Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's kind of like a powerbomb slash choke slam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very unique, cool move. But yeah, that, you know, after the, the jump off the skull, it really wasn't, you know, that was probably three-quarters of the way into the yeah. match. But it really wasn't too long after that that uh, Gonzalez kind of took back control and did ultimately get the victory. But... You know, hats off to Io Shirai. Like, incredible title run. Like, she carried the women's division through the pandemic. Just having great match after great match after great match with so many different opponents, too. And she's little. You wow. know, like, she's yeah, she small. Mm -hmm. And she can jump around like crazy and wrestle strong style. And I'll tell you what, like, you know, back in the last year during the pandemic when I've started watching a shitload of wrestling and got more into Japanese women's wrestling. Like I've seen her shit before she came here and holy fuck, like she's just an incredible wrestler. Yeah, no, she totally is. And you know, like I said, had, had a great run It you know, brought a lot of, you know, good out of Raquel. Too oh, absolutely. The Throughout the whole feud. Again, yeah. like I, I, I shouldn't have even said what I said about the match. Cause it was great. Like it really put a bow on the feud. Like I loved it. I, again, just, Maybe I wanted it just to be a tick better, but not a single complaint out of me. Loved it. Very happy for Raquel. And where does EO go from here? Does she go up to the main roster? Does she continue down on NXT? Yeah, who knows? We shall see. Future unwritten. Just hold on one second. I got to take this. Brett, what's up, buddy? Hey, Triple H. Uh, not a whole lot. Just Hey, uh, what did you think of uh, Stand and Deliver last night? That Walter Champa match was a slugfest, right? Yeah, man. That was definitely a banger. Really enjoyed it. I figured you'd like that one. You excited for night two? Yeah, I am. Hey, listen, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're a busy man, but I just have a bit of a concern I wanted to run by you. And, you know, I'm sure you're aware that Vince sent Bruce Pritchard here to Cincinnati this week. Well, I guess to make sure we don't really say anything bad about WrestleMania. Classic Vince. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. But hey, for real, though, I'm kind of getting this feeling he's not Bruce isn't here just for that. Um, like he and Bo have weirdly hit it off about Star Trek and 
this dumb Billy Corgan band called Zwan. And it's been just real strange and like, you know, almost like they've done their research on him and they've know that it was like a setup. So I don't know. I've just got a weird feeling that Vince is really trying to fuck with what we've got going on here. Correct. Man, don't sweat it. Remember, it's it's Vince. He's all about pointless drama. This is going to go nowhere. Like the plot lines on Raw. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But like, I'm not so sure Vince really understands that. Brett, you're exactly right. You're talking to the right person. The person you need to be talking to right now. Relax. Remember, this is your thing. This is your show. You are in complete control here. You are Brain Buster Boys. Without that, you'd be no glue holding the show together. The whole thing would be pointless. Well, thank you, but uh, I don't know about that. Remember what I said last time. You just keep on being you, and you know that means building up NXT and shitting on the main roster. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, but like if we fuck up one more time, Vince said we're done. Like two strikes and you're out bullshit. Yeah, classic Vince. I'll take care of Vince. Just chill out. Watch NXT. Climb to the top rope. I watch, I listen to that podcast too. Have the best time. Don't worry about a thing. Everything's going to be just fine. Well, uh, I hope so. Uh, yeah. Oh, listen, I got to go. We got Paul White tonight. Get it? Big show? Ha. You're going to love it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, hey. Fucking awesome, man. Later. Oh. <laughs> okay, buddy. Let's go to night two, which kicks off with the ladder match. Kicks off with a bang with uh, Santos Escobar defeating Jordan Devlin in 18 minutes and 8 seconds to become the true cruiserweight champion. And I think you thought Jordan Devlin was dead at the end of this match. Yeah, that, that, that freaked me. I guess before we go into that, um, <laughs> got a couple of sponsors for night two. Oh, okay. Um, we are sponsored oh, yeah. by La Rosa's Cincinnati Pizza. LCP. That family deal. Um, oh, we'll, we'll, we've um, talked about it we'll plenty. We'll you through. Yeah. yeah, it'll get you through anything. And, and Ken Euphorics, the drink of the <laughs> night. You know, do you want a drink that tastes like dirt but looks like grape juice? And is supposed to have a bunch of health and mind and body benefits, but really doesn't. Nope. <laughs> Drink Kin. No, no, I, I spent $40 on it. <laughs> Drink Kin Euphorix. Um, um, but yeah, I thought he was, you know, like, I guess, to, are we jumping to the end? Yeah, go We're jumping ahead. to the end. So they're both on the ladders, you know, together. You know, I think it's the only time they've both been on the ladders together throughout the entire match. At least that time. Yeah, 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 know? that high up. And then I think Escobar headbutts him. Correct, right? yeah. And he headbutts him into this other ladder, which, like, I it's guess. kind of draped in the corner on yeah. the turnbuckle. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess now that you can, now that people can pick on him, there were tons of ladders. Yeah, like, oh, you could everyone. conjure a ladder. Oh, yeah. That motherfucker. Absolutely. You know, and uh, so, like, he throws him back against a ladder. And he kind of like lays limp. And he kind of went broke. The yeah. ladder like broke, broke too. Yeah. yeah, like his head was kind of leaning off. Yeah, so it, it just looked like he was out. And, you know, like you said this, and I kind of figured this was, you know, the refs come up to him like, are you okay? Yeah. So, like they would stop that shit. So you know, one thing I love actually hurt about watching wrestling it, with yeah. you is how 
like concerned. Yes. And you know, I've watched this a million times and it's like when someone is seriously hurt, you know, nine times out of 10 for sure. Cause yeah, the ref's going to check on him. Are you okay? And I'm sure they'll cut away instead of just showing. Him, yeah. And then know? sometimes they like, sometimes they will stop matches when some guys gets hurt and you just, it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, of course he looked like he got fucking murdered. And you said it earlier just a bit ago with the EO stuff. Like, that scared you to death. It did. And, yeah, I, and love, I love it. Something else scared me, too. Well, I guess it's in the, <laughs> in the match later. But, yeah, we'll... But, we'll, um, you, you know... Like, if you like me getting spooked, this is your episode. Uh, but, you know, very, very good opening ladder match. Again, it was... Okay, very good. You know, just a very high-energy, big match to start night two again because these cards were full of them. Um... There, there are kind of two phases of the match, I thought. Like, the first phase was people hitting other people with ladders. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then the second phase was people doing moves off of ladders which, onto people. Which Jordan Devlin did one of the prettiest fucking moonsaults yeah. I've ever Instant seen in my life. replay worthy, yeah. Yeah, I think they showed it like five times. But just the form, the hang time he got, yeah. he got... That was a tall ladder. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And then... Uh, he also did um, the Spanish fly yeah, off twice. the top of the lap. Yeah, mean, twice. Yeah. And one was off like the pretty, not the very top, but off. They were pretty high up the yeah. ladder. And I want to shout out our good friend Diesel from View from the Top Rope right now because he and I were texting and he made a great point. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's like, remember when the Spanish fly used to feel special? Now everyone does it. I think even Dustin Rhodes does it on that other show. But he's absolutely right. And I think that's one of the biggest flaws with wrestling right now. As much as I fucking love it and as great as wrestling is, like moves like a one-man Spanish fly or... I, don't, I can't even think of another one off the top of my head, but it's not special anymore. Because, I mean, you see it all the time now. Yeah. That used to be a move literally like Will Ospreay and Ricochet did. No. And that's about it. And, like, you know, the cutter is another move, which Devlin does the cutter. You know, these moves just get overused and overdone so much that it's like, eh, I wish they were... Spe super kick is another right. one. Yeah. Everybody does a super kick, yeah. both here, both on the other show. Yeah. Lots you know, that kids. used to just be Shawn Michaels mm -hmm. and maybe a couple of... So, you know, this shit's going to happen. It's wrestling. But, like, I feel like moves like a one-man Spanish fly that's still incredible to watch every time. It's just like, oh, I just wish this was oh, a little more rare. Oversaturated. Exactly. Exactly. But, again, that's not... That was just a bit of a diatribe. That's not to knock on this match. I thought this was a really fun match. Um, I loved uh, Santos Escobar coming out in the mask, King Cuerno callbacks to his time in Lucha Underground. Uh, as much as I love Devlin as a pure wrestler, I'm happy Escobar won. I think he's got the better character. Um, and yeah, just uh, interested to see where both guys go after this. Yeah, me too. I thought it was, you know, great, uh, great opener, uh, great uh, tone setter for the night. Absolutely. Match number two, we have Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart defeating Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell of the way in 10 minutes, 35 seconds. And, you know, I think this was no doubt the weakest match of both nights. And yeah. it was still a very good, you know, it was still a good match. I still thought it was a good match. I was entertained. Yeah. Like, I agree with you on that. Um, you know, it, it, it's high moments were a little, were a good deal lower than the rest of the yeah. match's high moments, which they had some really good, like, climactic you know, a uh, high, high. Yeah, and th again, it's not to take away from the match. I thought all these women did well. I thought everyone looked pretty good. Um, 
but you know, it's just that shows how good this card, these cards were, and like you know, I don't, I wouldn't really consider any match like a big letdown. Mm -hmm. I think everything at least mostly delivered. You know, that I wish Raquel and Io would have been a little better, sure, um, but you know, no complaints, <laughs> no complaints out of me. And for this match to be your worst match out of ten on two shows, I think you're doing something right. Yeah, no, I think this, you know, that, that had a lot right. Um, but yeah, it, it was good action, and Indy Hartwell is not someone I've seen a ton, and, you know, in seeing her these last three weeks, she's continued to impress me. Candice LeRae is always a fucking great wrestler, and Ember and Shotzi just have great chemistry and are both kind of, you know, fly-off-the-handle type wrestlers, and remember, Shotzi did that crazy, like, flipping suicide dive through the rope where... She kind of went right through the women trying to catch yeah. her, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh yeah, yeah, that that suicide dive, yeah. right? Yeah, and she missed. Yeah, like she kind of split them and like hit her, you know, kind of hit her head. So that on was them. really scary. Too. That was definitely that cat was definitely scary. Uh, but she was obviously okay and got up. But yeah, I mean, that was throwing fucking caution to the wind right yeah. there. Um, see, like for me, that is way more scary than what happened to Devlin right. because like I've seen what happened to Devlin so much and like that probably just hurt like fuck. Mm -hmm. Whereas Shotzi was probably inches away from fucking breaking her neck. Yeah. And it, honestly, like it's crazy how often stuff like this happens and that major injuries don't happen more often. Wow. Yeah. Wrestling's crazy. Mm -hmm. I, and, and just allow me a moment to just say thank you to every wrestler and everyone out there that entertains for us because like they all do some crazy shit. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Oh, and also Shotzi's finishing move. No, oh, yeah. Remember, like the, it was like a senton, senton bomb, but just like the way she like arched, arched her back like in midair, I thought it just had a lot of like force. Yeah. And looked really cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Good finishing move. Match number three. Uh, Johnny Gargano defeats Bronson Reed in 16 minutes, 23 seconds to retain the NXT North American Championship, but we talked about this a little bit in night one, but just a great, another great showing by Reed here. Yeah, for, for like as much screen time as he got, I was never bored. Maximum. When, when, when he was out and like, you know, he just has that fun style. We talked about his agility and stuff. Yep, and you doing know, cartwheels. Yeah, cartwheels. He, he's fast and nimble and, um, you know, for someone his size and, uh, you know, he has the big power moves, the big choke slams, yep, yep. The big belly flops. Yep, power slams. Yeah, it reminds, yeah. you know, I, I think... They may have mentioned it on commentary one of the nights, but very similar to Bam Bam Bigelow, who is kind of the first guy of that size to really do any flips and cartwheels yeah. and things like that, but still looking like and having those big power moves and mm. looking tough. Um, but, you know, the story for this one right off the bat was Gargano just attacking uh, Reed's ribs and yeah. relentlessly attacking the ribs, and Reed did a fucking great job of selling them. Uh, but, you know, eventually he did kind of get the upper hand with his power moves. But, again, I thought this was a really, really nice match. Uh, just great work by both wrestlers. Yeah, no, I, no I completely agree. Like, selling, um, you know, whenever they had their big moments, really kind of hitting it. You know, kind of whenever it turned, it was when, you know, and this was pretty obvious, when Bronson, we missed his, what's his big belly flop move? Yeah, called? I think it's something like the Tsunami Splash the tsunami or something splash, like that. Yeah, he, he missed it like twice. Yeah, well, and remember yeah. as well, Austin Theory came up on the apron at one, I think I called it, I'm like, yeah, I think Theory's gonna break this up. His name Austin Theory? Yeah, and like, in can we call him Hybrid Theory? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And like two seconds later, he comes in and kind of distracts him and, you know, Reed kicks mm. him off. And yeah, I think that led to one of the missed big splashes. Mm. Um, you know, we just talk, got done talking about super kicks and whatever, and Gargano hit about a million in this one. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm still entertained by it. Because now it, super kicks gotten to the point, you know, and that other tag team on the other show really kind of pioneered this, where it's just like mass levels of super kicks. Yeah. And I, again, Gargano hit probably 10 in this, but somewhere to the ribs too, which mm -hmm. was awesome. Yeah. Well, it's a good like momentum stopper. And it's something that I think is easy to make you look like that it's has a the, hard impact. Yeah, it's got nice you know? sound. Yeah, nice sound. Yeah, great point. Absolutely. Exactly what I was meaning. Um, but yeah, Gargano also hit like a reverse Rana at one point and a head scissors at one point. Remember he got him in the Gargano escape, his mm -hmm. submission move. I'm like, how is he even going to get him on? Because his arm, Reed's arm was so big. He oh yeah, even it, it took him, him a while. And then Reed like pretty easily drug him over to the rope. Yeah. You know, like, you know, as he started moving, I was like, yeah, he's, you know, going to grab the rope and get out of this. Yeah, no when problem. actually the end was, it wasn't him going for the, he missed the splash a bit earlier, and then remember he went for the moonsault. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, he's going all the way up to the top, and he's going for the moonsault, and yeah, Gargano got out of the way, and he hit him with the the draping, draping rope DDT move, not once, but twice. Yeah. Kind of needed, you know, he knew one wasn't going to be, an, and again, like, what a testament to Bronson Reed. It took two finishers to put him out. He outlasted five others in the gauntlet match. He beat LA Knight last week. Um, and again, like even prior to us covering this, every time I saw Bronson Reed, I think he may have beat Damian Priest in a match last fall. Like, this guy's fucking great. He is great, yeah. And I'm excited for, you know, I wanted him to win this match. I thought it would have been awesome. But again, Gargano is one of the best, period. And, you know, I think he's still probably headed towards something with Loomis, but... Sky's the limit for Bronson Reed, man. I can't wait to see more of him. For damn sure. Absolutely. So, we go into our first co-main event of the evening. And, um, you know, before we really get into the match, two things. One, you know, just an, another fucking amazing entrance by Karrion Cross. I love it all. Um, you know, Scarlet always looks amazing. And, you know, I've said it before on this program is that, you know, Karrion Cross's entrance was always my favorite thing about him yeah. until this match. Yeah. He was fucking great. I thought this this was by far the best that's match what, of his that, I've ever That's what a lot, of, a lot of people have that same criticism. My sample size, of course, is microscopic compared yeah. to you know, everyone else's. But And not again, real quick before we get in, like we Diesel and I talked about this as well. Is, and you didn't really know about the demon, Finn Balor. And I showed you some pictures, yeah. and that's kind of how he initially debuted in NXT back in like 2014 or 15. Uh, and it was just kind of a different character. And, you know, he was mentioning that he had demons in the promo a week or two ago, and they're kind of subtly calling back to it. No demon. He had the X painted on his chest. But, yeah, you know, we talked about it a little with last night's Gargant, or with last night's Champa-Walter match, but just a very physical, hard-hitting simple story here mm -hmm. you know kind of the same thing where balor was working on he was working on cross's arm and ribs and really getting a lot of moves in but cross at the end just kind of overpowered him and outlasted him. pretty much yeah you know uh this you know had was a sort of a psychology match Absol we talked about great that great way yeah, of putting yeah, yeah. it yeah finn, finn balor came out kind of smiling you know yep. going you know you know what he's kind of going about it trying to fuck with, as with like cross. cross is like hitting him with moves yeah, and yeah. balor just keeps smiling and yeah and, up and, and smiling and, and cross just got angry you know yep. which i guess kind of 
you know, this was his best match, but that does show kind of like, yeah, you're a little limited, dude, if that's, you know, you know, you're sort of... Well, and remember in the build of the match, too, Balor was saying, like, you you have to be cold. The moment I went cold was the moment I became untouchable in this ring, and basically saying, like, you're going to show all this emotion, Cross, and I'm going to take advantage of you. Yeah. And he was early on, you know? Like, that was Balor trying to get in his head, and yeah. it worked. And Balor was in control, I'd say, for you know, more than half of this Oh, match. yeah, and then, you know, when Cross kind of, you know, sort of took control, Balor kind of, it was a sort of a steady road down for him. He had the foot stomp. Yep, where, the, the you coup know, de gras. Yeah, yeah, and all that. Um, but then when he kind of got in that sort of submission, you yep. know, and whenever, um, or, or Balor put Cross in a submission, mm -hmm. and then Cross got out of it, and just some somehow Balor was, like, down on his stomach. Yeah. Yeah, and then he just got pummeled. Yeah. And then, yeah, just know. repeated forearms, and then the suplexes come. Yeah. He's kind of throwing him around, and then that final running forearm mm -hmm. did him in. But, yeah, that you mentioned the submission. I remember there was a moment, like, it was, like, some sort of arm bar or something like that in, uh, Cross kind of like flipped out of it. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't think he could do that. Like, Cross showed me a lot of shit in this match that I had never seen him do before. Yeah. And I've only seen probably like four or five of his matches before this. But like, this was by far the most impressed I've been with him. And I, just like I said it with Io Shirai, fucking hats off to Finn Balor for this title run. Uh, a lot of people have said it. I agree. It's the best he's ever been in his career. Even going back to New Japan when he formed the Bullet Club, like, and that's legendary shit. But, like, what he did on this title reign, like, he was just fierce in that ring. And, you know, there was a, a more of a sense of urgency than I've seen of him since he's been in WWE, even when he was the Fiend. Um, he was the Fiend? <laughs> even when he was the Demon. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we'll keep that in there. Yeah. But, you know, I really, really, really wanted Balor to win, and I'm still a little upset that he didn't. Um, but, you know, we talked a little about this. Cross had won the NXT Championship last year, had a separated shoulder, had to give it up. So it was really only a matter of time before he got it back, and that's why I picked him to win. Um, but just Balor's the fucking man. Yeah, no, he, you know, brought the best out of Karrion Cross. Great way of putting it. And, I, you know, Balor is one of those rare cases that, was a star on NXT, went to the main roster. He was the first universal champ, but he got a shoulder injury and had to give it up. And that kind of like sent his career on a bit of a spiral and just could never get back up to that point. But he's one of the people that they sent back to NXT and became even a bigger star. Yeah. So, you know, now that he doesn't have the belt anymore, and I've, this has been a theme, you know, this is kind of the culmination of so many storylines. So where does he go from here? He's probably going to get a rematch at Cross, but yeah, intrigue all around. And yeah, great way of putting it. Balor brought the best out of Cross. Yeah, I, I completely, I mean, we go in to our main event of the evening and our main event of how do we reach these kids. And this one's going to be nuts to talk about because there's so much that fucking happened and I have nothing written down, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly defeats Adam Cole in 40 minutes, 22 seconds in a fucking long, brutal match that is a broken brotherhood based on betrayal. And really, like, this match did just a perfect job of culminating this whole storyline that his you know, taken place ever since they both set foot into NXT like four years ago. Mm -hmm. And really over the past like decade that they've been friends, like 
Whew, this did it all. I mean, again, it, it could have been a little shorter, but it had everything, and it was so brutal and so personal and so physical. Um, I, w I can't wait to hear your thoughts, but I want to use this. T I would say since we've been covering both this and the other programs, so throw out any if you recall or total recalls or anything like that. This is the first quote-unquote epic match we've seen that was really long and just had so much shit going on. Uh, what'd you think? Uh, I mean, what can you say? I mean, it's uh, very epic. I mean, multiple times near the end, you thought it was, you, you were like, this is almost over. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah, it just and kept it, going. Oh, yeah, it kept going for another 10 plus minutes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, typically, like, I don't know, sometimes, in, you know, in long matches, the beginning is always pretty, because that's kind of when they're, you know, not tired and but they're able they to were... do the fast paced stuff. But, like, whenever we talk about areas where this match drags, mm -hmm. you know, which, like, being 40 minutes, I feel like it's natural. It was in the beginning. Yeah. You know, because, like, once it got to the end when it was just boom, boom, boom. You're yeah. going through this, you know, still great. You're, you're going into this table. Yeah. Here's this chair. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, it just, you know, that was good. That sort of, you know, just constant, brutal, like, how much more can Kylo Riley take? Because... You know, um, and also for a match where Adam Cole is pretty much on offense the entire time. <laughs> a large chunk yeah, of it, Yeah, yeah, 70%, you know, at least, I think. Yeah. And, um, you know, for a match where it was one-sided for most of the time, like, it was, for it to be this entertaining and, and engaging. Uh, it was incredible. Yeah. So, I, I go five stars on it. I do agree it dragged just a bit. And I, for me, I think it dragged, and again, it was so crazy and so, it pro for me, from like the 20 to 30 minute mark, yeah. within that range, mm -hmm. so kind of the middle for, like, the beginning I thought was great, and like, I, I remember looking on my phone that the match had started at 9.57, just so I could kind of keep, the, and like, we were at like 10.08, 11 minutes in, I'm like, holy fuck, they've already done a lot of shit, yeah. um, but like, you know, it did drag, but it didn't really bother me because it was no. so fucking compelling yeah, yeah. and you didn't know who oh, was oh, going to win. Oh yeah, it dragged in a place where, you know, it wouldn't typically yeah. drag, you know. And, um, you know, I guess the, the moment where they had the steel chain around his leg and it kept falling off, that, yeah. that, that's kind of what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and that was probably you know, about 20 minutes where, 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 in like, so. We're like, yeah, you kind of knew, like, oh, yeah. He's like, trying to know. wrap it around his, like, shit and yeah. leg, and but, it didn't work. But the steel chain comes back at the end and was where, 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 where it was great. And yeah. then didn't Cole, Cole like, remember, had it up against the rope and almost, like, clotheslined O'Reilly in yeah. the throat yeah. with yeah. it? Like, yeah, they used the chain maybe a little much, but, like, the way it culminated and it was the finish of the yeah. match was perfect uh but yeah remember the undisputed logo undisputed era logo on, on the, the chair that's that was the a nice the tv touch. monitor hit the, t the tv monitor hit the fucking brain buster on the table that, that didn't, didn't break yeah like i'm not even like i'm it's just coming back to me now yeah. and of course you know going through the ref this knockout <laughs> yeah the ref yes that was brilliant because like you had cole as the heel fucking clock this guy then he does his move and He's not there to cover. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen, so, Adam? Yeah, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Yeah, and then, yeah, just great it, stuff. It was at that moment where Kyle O'Reilly, a good third of this match, he was just pretty much checked out. Yeah. Where he was, it was just pretty much like how much more can How much he can he take? Yeah. yeah, and it was just him getting beat and beat and beat. And then we go out of the ring. Yeah. Um, and then we go, you know, he kind of rolls away. Like, he did that for a little bit. He got away. He just sort of rolled. Yeah. And then, you know... Um, that's, I think, when uh, Adam Cole put him through that steel grate, you know, yep. put him through the stage. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, we just talked about this a bit ago. I love how 
Cole literally had to bust open the other side. Yeah, I don't know how much of that was like real. Like just he cut his hand doing it. Yeah, yeah just like on like the was... spot, just like okay, he's got to get out of here somehow. Yeah. But like, I'm not gonna like pick him up out of that hole. Like, yeah, it seems like it's gonna be. So cool. that was just like something I've never really seen before. Like just that busting through the side of the ramp and having to pull him out. Like, oh man, just a crazy match. And I think one another cool thing that turned the match was O'Reilly hitting Cole with the low blow, yeah, which yeah. Cole had done earlier in the match. Way earlier. Like, Fuck yeah. you. And that, I think, led to the finish, Oh, yeah, it? no, that led to, the, yeah, him... Um, to wrapping the knee with the chain. And, and then kneeing him into the upside-down chair. Yeah. Yeah, and then that that was that. I mean, the ref was back in then. Um, you know, that's kind of... Um, and Cole was setting up, for, yeah, for that knee. Yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. The, yeah. the last shot. The last knee. shot. Yeah, knee. and when Cole, or when O'Reilly hit him with it, that's when things are like, all right, let's okay, that, fucking that, that, go. That's when he was back in. You yeah, know, He kind of yeah. got back up and was bouncing off, you know. Like, when and he got back into the ring, there was, like, life. Yeah. And then, like, that opening. Yeah. You know. Uh, oh, yeah. it was amazing. And, I, again, I can't wait to watch this again, because mm. there was so much shit. And, mm. like, you know, I'm glad, like, we're just kind of recalling it as we're talking here, mm. but... Yeah, I mean, just fucking great performances by both guys, obviously. Like, to go out there and do that for 40 minutes was just insane. We didn't note that the, both of them had new, pretty terrible generic theme songs. Yeah, everyone hates them. Which is kind of a bummer, especially because how good the Undisputed Era song was. Um, but yeah, just what a match. And... Um, you know, real. Do you have any other thoughts about the match? I know there's uh, so much that happened. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's a ton of stuff we missed. Um, I mean, just that. Like once it kind of got down to that grueling bit, you know, I was hooked. It was kind of in a stone cold Bret Hart kind of way. Yeah, just like yeah. A, you can't look away. Oh, remember they were both sitting in the chairs at one point. Like, you know, we're fucking. 35. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I sl- love that. Just personal. Like, and mm-hmm. Cole's yelling at him. Cole was yelling at him the whole match. Oh, doing Healy stuff. Loved yeah. it. Like. You're, you know I'm better than you. Fuck you. Know basically fuck you. Um, but yeah, just amazing and, stuff. And we were and you were particularly surprised that Kyle Kylo uh, won. Yeah, and that's yeah. gonna segue. So yes, I picked Adam Cole. I think you picked Kylo right. That was the only pick of the night I missed. I was four for four up to that point. But so you know we've kind of had this theme of I wonder what X Y Z goes from here, where this person goes from here. But I think the biggest question is with Adam Cole: uh-huh. um, Will he go to the main roster or will and, he stay here? And so a lot of people have said that. Um, and so like with me just hopping on uh, what I'm going to call the context train. Yeah, you know, a little CT. late. Yeah, yeah, yeah latecomer on the context train here. Um, so why, you know, like, why does the, the series of events evolve him to the main roster? Yeah. So firstly, I think if Cole would have won for me, that would have been more of an indication that he was going to stay in NXT and they'd likely continue that feud, you know, go the, the trilogy route, like Champa and Gargano a few years. And I think O'Reilly would have ultimately won the feud. But now that Cole lost, you know, that's kind of like, he doesn't really have much of a leg to stand on to come back. You lost. You know, you were talking shit this whole time you lost. So the main roster question, again, because you're not super familiar with all this, usually a former NXT champ, once they lose the belt and they've kind of done all they could do in NXT, that's usually a sign they're going to go up. Now, Johnny Gargano and Ciampa have been the exceptions to that. And I'm pretty sure Ciampa even, like, threatened to quit if they were to send him up there. But... Um, yeah, something crazy. 
But really, you know, Cole was champ for over a year. You know, led the most. I don't even know if that's true. No, probably shouldn't let. Yeah, we're keeping it in regardless. But he led the undisputed era for four years. They were the most dominant faction on NXT, and they were cool heels. You know, like everyone loved them. Had incredible match after incredible match with so many opponents. There's just not really many more stories to tell with him in NXT. You know, yes, he's on his own now, and, you know, you could go that route. But, like, he again, coming off this loss, I don't need to see a rematch now. Yeah, yeah. Like if, it, well, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah, like kind of the, you know, lesson has been learned. Yeah, and yeah. if O'Reilly would have lost in the same exact match, 40 minutes but Cole somehow got the win... It's like, fuck, I want to see that again because I want to see O'Reilly win. Because he's the baby face. And like, with the heel losing and with everything he's already succeed, done and been so successful on NXT, I think it does make sense to bring him up. And, you know, a big theme with call-ups is that once they get on the main roster, and we're probably really going to get in trouble for this, um, but... Um, you know, they don't succeed quite to the levels that they did in NXT. Right. So I think a guy like Adam Cole, though, really could still be amazing on the main. He's little, but yeah. he's so good and he's a great promo and he's just got all the, he's got the look and the charisma. So we shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, let me shut the door. So, uh, why did you want me to come outside again? Uh, you know what? I'm just having some concerns about uh, just Bruce and Vince and just mm -hmm. kind of everything that's been going on this week. Um, I know you and Bruce have been a little chummy. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. I mean, you know, into the same two things. And I mean, I know I said it a few days ago too, but aren't you? A slightly suspicious about that at all uh i mean kind of given the whole situation i guess it's hard not to be but i, I mean, mean it's kind of been all like you and okay. everyone's focused on you and i feel like i'm getting left in the cold and i'll be honest i had a conversation with triple h really uh yesterday yeah I, you know i didn't not to leave you out of it but i just i've been feeling weird with how things have been going this mm. week and you know Vince kind of giving yeah. us the strike one last week. So, you know, he's been there for us. And even he, and I know it was in between NXT shows, but even he was, I don't want to say blew me off, but he was a little short. Right. And it was just kind of saying the same stuff. Like, don't worry about Vince. It's all good. Keep being you. And, you know, that's all well and good. But I, I just don't know. I've just got a weird feeling about all this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. Uh, it's weird. I mean, I guess kind of what I'm doing is I'm just trying to play this like as straight as we can, sure. just so like we don't get screwed. Yeah. And I think like you know we kind of got to play along with their game yeah. a little bit. Um, I hear and you. Do their song and dance. Uh, just just be on your guard. Yeah. Keep, keep on your guard. Okay. For sure. Um, yeah. You know, I just for some reason I just feel like Vince is up to something here. I don't know what. Um, right. Uh, but yeah. Okay. No, I will be. Borship Borship Bishop Borship Borship Horse Squirrel Borship Borship 
Bishop Borchardt Horse Squirrel. Borchardt Borchardt Horse Squirrel. All right, we've like, got like, it like, pulled like, open. Like, it, it, it just takes it down. Yeah. Like, you know, like like the first Borchardt and then the rest of it. Well, because the whole, like, language is using, like, ORs, yeah. and that's already just got a ton. Yeah. <laughs> that's Borchardt. a lot of Rs. Yep. All right. All right, I'm ready. Ah! All right, buddy, let's get into WrestleMania Night 1, your first. And what better way to begin it than with our boss, Vincent yes. Kennedy McMahon. Mr. McMahon. Yeah. On the stage with the majority of the roster. And it was funny because most people were kind of in their ring gear, even if they weren't even wrestling that uh -huh. night. But Roman Reigns just rocking the suit. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Driving. But, you know, he thanks the fans for coming and talked about how they haven't had him in over a year and got his classic, welcome to WrestleMania line in. So Yeah, that, that really got me excited. It really, yeah, it was good good to see the boss there. Not Sasha Banks, the boss, who was also there looking She, she was really close to him. Oh, yeah, she, she was. She was in yeah. the main shot with them. Yeah, yeah. Her Absolutely. and like... And Roman, Roman was Roman there, Roman, yeah. yeah. Uh, which Vince, you know, those are the two that he asked us to talk a lot about yeah. and has continued, so no surprise they're yeah. standing next to him yeah. there. But um, interestingly enough, shortly before the show, you asked, like, hey, what happens if uh, rain occurs? Yeah. And uh, right after, you know, the beginning and the America the Beautiful and whatever else, we come back and learn we're on a weather delay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, right off the bat, they deal with that. So we flipped over to the Cincinnati Reds game, and I think... Basically, that just kind of gave the guys and girls time to cut promos and whatnot to build the matches is what they ended up doing. And then we start the official show with our co-hosts, Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. I know we missed kind of the beginning of this, and it was just kind of a bunch of malarkey, yeah. just trying to get people excited well, well, for the, well, the show. Well, well, the weird thing about it was they were... You know, the hosts, obviously. And they were in that one bit, and then they that were gone. pretty much it. Was, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we might have seen a little bit backstage. And, yeah. like, Hogan came out with the NWO for the Hall of Fame But he didn't stuff. say anything. Like, you know, that was yeah. completely separate from his hosting game. Yeah, there wasn't really much to it. Yeah. So, whatever. Um, so, let's just go right in to the opener, which had Bobby Lashley defeating Drew McIntyre by referee's decision in 18 minutes, 19 seconds. Heck of an opener here. I'll tell you what. I mean, it was hard hitting. Uh, both these guys look great. Definitely the best we've seen Lashley look in the few weeks we've been covering this. And, I, you know, just going down the stretch of this match, it's like, shit, I don't know what's going to happen. And both guys look great. And, you know, they're kind of building to the Claymore. And, you know, Drew kind of tried it a few times. And it was a slight distraction by MVP that caught him off guard, and Booby was able to lock in the Hurt Locker for the victory, and really, Drew didn't tap out. He, you know, the yep. ref called it. Yep. And uh, just an awesome match to open the show. A very solid match overall. Best Booby and Drew match I've ever seen individually. Sure, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Not a super fast-paced, high-flying match, but just really good, just, you know, hits and, you know. Built very well. Built very well. Not a lot of interference there until the end. No. You know, Drew did do that sweet-ass suicide dive onto Booby and MVP. Which Michael cool. Cole said it was a 265-pound Airbus yeah. taking flight. Yeah. Which, was pretty I mean, he's a big man, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, yes, it was, you know, I said it right after the match, and I was a bit incorrect. I said clean as a whistle win for Bobby. It wasn't because MVP did get that minor distraction, but it wasn't much. Yeah. 
And, you know, there were rumors that Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who'd been kicked out of the Hurt business, would maybe get involved because they were no now, no, no, no. they are now no longer members. And that was kind of the gimmick as no members of the Hurt Locker <laughs> of the Hurt business <laughs> could be at ringside, but they didn't get involved. And again, just a very nice back and forth, powerful match where everything made sense. Both guys look great. And I'll admit, I was uh, pretty surprised that Drew did not get the victory. Yeah, I did too. You know, it was definitely built through, like, special moves and can they be executed. So, Booby get it, got it his chance first to do the Hurt Locker, and he kind of missed. Or, Drew you know, kind of, like, got out yeah, of it. Yeah, got out of it. It was able to pretty easily get to the rubber so you think, oh, we're building up to the Claymore now. Yep. Two missed Claymore. Correct. Two missed Claymore. One of which was yeah. the distraction by MVP. Yeah, and um, then, you know... Like, kind of when that happened. That was reminding me of the Bronson Reed when he missed those two belly flops. Oh, yeah. And it was like, well, yeah, you know, and he's he, had two chances to pull off his finishing move. And, and he was able like, to lock it in, mm-hmm. and that was that. But, yeah, very surprising. Very, well, I mean, not very, because Bobby had just won it. But, you know, going back to Drew winning the title last year in front of no fans and kind of carrying the company through the pandemic, you know, a lot of people thought, that he should have got the win that here he, and maybe that he deserved better. better yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, some people definitely thought that he deserved better. But a great match. Uh, just another note that I had down here at one point, you know, because there was a lot of shit talk leading up to the match in the on Raw and the build. And Drew at one point's like, bring it, bitch! And he hit him with not one, not two, but three Future Shock DDTs, which was his former finishing move mm-hmm. back in the day. And yeah, it just—it was just a nice match that progressed very well and was a great way to open the show. I agree, very strong opener. And uh, yeah, like you said, Incur. Yeah, <laughs> like you said, the best you've seen each guy look, and I would agree since we've been watching. Definitely the best Lashley match. Drew has had some good ones with Sheamus, but yeah, I, forget about. That I one. think I prefer this one as well. In the crowd, we don't want to not mention that. Obviously, it's the first show back for WWE with fans in over a year. And I thought the crowd really stood out for me during this match. Like, they were engaged. They were making noise. They were cheering for Drew. I mean, hell, Lashley was getting some cheers, too. Uh, But, yeah, just having the crowd back was awesome. Yeah, I agree. They definitely uh, set the tone. And they definitely got, you know, pretty involved um, in most matches, I would say. Absolutely. But they did not get very involved in our second match. That's what I was about to say, yeah. (laughs) Which was the uh, women's tag team turmoil match. Where Natalia and Tamina defeated Billy Kay and Carmella, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, Lana and Naomi, and the Riot Squad in 14 minutes, 5 seconds. And that's not to shit on the match. It was okay, but there were some, some let's call it botches. What wasn't some, a lot of not smooth transitions and counters and action. You had Mandy Rose slipping down the way on the ramp. Yep. I don't mean to laugh, that sucked, but you mentioned, like, you saw her. You're like, she she got through it and she owned it. And, um, and now everyone's talking about her on the internet. Yeah, and you know? I saw she even tweeted, like, oh, I'm trending worldwide yet again. Ha ha ha. But, you know, the match was fine. Again, this is a good way. It's a good, That's how she sounds. It's exactly how she sounds. It's a good way to get a lot of these women on WrestleMania. And I'm very much for that. Um, you know, it wasn't the, like I said, it wasn't the smoothest. Uh, there were some misses here and there. But I thought the Riot Squad looked yeah, pretty good. They were the ones who stood out to me the most. And yeah. like, the thing about this match, for me at least, was it was 
quite forgettable. Yeah. And it was long as it was a gauntlet thing, and, it, and I was just kind of like looking forward to other things on the card. And yeah. I kind of got in that mentality. Um, so that's when, you know, I'm like noticing shit like her wiping out, you know, yeah. kind of looking for things like that. Um, you know, and also I was kind of disappointed that the last people in when I'm not very familiar with Natalia and Tamina. And it was like really abrupt. It yeah, felt yeah, like, yeah, too. it was really abrupt. They had a power, Natalia had a power bomb, Tamina hit a super kick, sharpshooter. Um, yeah, it was very anticlimactic. They I just kind of like I agree. came in there at the end and swept it out from the people who, like, you would think, like, the winners of these matches, if there's not someone who's, like, anointed before, would be, like, someone who kind of endures and, like, you know, the Riot Squad were the only people who, you know, yeah, survived. Like, have a better performance, yeah, you know? Yeah, they yeah. kind of just came in and it was like, oh, the Riot Squad have been in here for a while and they just beat them. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was fine. Um, and, you know, after that kind of intense, uh, you know, somewhat emotional opener, this, you know, it was kind of a way to, you know, kind of the popcorn space here, as yeah. we call it. But, you know, again, great for all these women to get involved, get their moments, and everyone at least got a bit of a chance to shine. Um, so, yeah, decent stuff. Okay. <laughs> so... We go into match three, where Cesaro defeats Seth Rollins in 11 minutes, 27 seconds, and shockingly, his very first WrestleMania singles match, and damn did he look good, and damn was I happy for him to get this W. Yeah, I was too. You know, he looked great throughout, definitely deserved to win. Um, you know, it was definitely his show, even and, though Rollins had some, you know, good moments. And you this know. was probably your first time seeing each of these yeah, guys, it, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, and... Um, you know, obviously his swing around move with the crowd counting is yeah. fun. You know, that's, you know, crowd involvement. You know, really glad to see and that. And he got, I think it you was know, nine even, swings early on. Yeah. Or, yeah. And it, it's like, you know, that's coming back again. I think he got like 23 oh, yeah. at the end. Yeah, he got 23. And then before that, he had him up on his shoulders. That move they called the UFO. Yeah. That was like, pretty Which sweet. is like an airplane spin, but he like put his hands down yeah. and just had him on his shoulders. shoulders and yeah. yeah. Very impressive. Just, I'd never seen him do it like that. No, I thought that was pretty pretty sweet um you know and it was definitely uh his sort of moment yeah um, but Rollins also had some good Rollins shit. looked both of these guys looked awesome yeah, he had that sweet ass pedigree really late oh yeah that was and uh, uh the yeah. corkscrew uh frog splash mm -hmm. where he kind of jumped and twisted and did the pump in midair again mm -hmm. I've seen him do a frog splash plenty of times but I've not seen him do that that mm -hmm. looked amazing and this match reminded me a lot of the Kushida-Pete Dunn match from night one of NXT. This got like 11 minutes, 40 seconds. That was like just under 11. So like very compact, but they absolutely made the most of their time together. Exactly. I wish it would have gotten about five to seven more minutes because I think this could have gotten into real epic territory. But again, with the time they had, kinda, you know, like sort of continued awesome. the momentum that was yeah, paused no, a bit after up. the first match and it kind of took off from there. And the crowd, very I think fun. the crowd was really hot for this one. Yeah, it was just a, bl a blistering pace from the start. Cesaro attacked him right away and they never really let up from there. Um, you know, late in the match, Cesaro did hit his move, the neutralizer, which, you know, he kind of puts him up in the air and face down. It mm -hmm. got the two count. Um, he was pretty shocked, but then that's when Rollins ended up hitting the pedigree. And, you know, down the stretch, uh, Cesaro did get the 23 swing. Um, and pretty much, I remember the way he basically went from the swing to the neutralizer was like so fucking quick. And then it was, it was like, yeah. wow. And I remember he also had, Cesaro had like a really nice counter. When Rollins went for his stomp move, he kind of got up and hit him with an uppercut yeah. right away. So just a lot of awesome stuff in this match. And I would love to see 
see these two go at it again with maybe a little bit longer of a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, just real quick, like Cesaro deserves better. And hopefully this win will kind of put him on an upward trajectory where he can kind of really get a serious push because he deserves it. I agree. He's awesome. Concur. So we go to match number four for the Raw Tag Team Championships where AJ Styles and Omas defeat the New Day in 9 minutes 46 seconds. And this was all about building up to Omas getting into the match right. and just showing his sheer dominance. Yeah, I mean, that was the through line of this match. Omas is a badass. You know, that was like kind of the, the thesis of it, if you will. Um, for better and for worse, yeah, I think. Um, for better because, like, you know, that's kind of what you do with this guy. No one's seen him wrestle. You get AJ Styles in. You get the New Day kind of, like, ganging up on him. Yep, and, which worked know, very well. Yeah, and building I, to the third-degree burn tag. It, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and I loved how... Sizzler. How the New Day, especially Xavier Woods, were it was kind of shit-talking AJ. Like, look at us. We're cutting off the ring here, which is, like, classic tag team. Like, keeping him on their side yeah. away from Omos. Yeah. And basically saying, like, you're not a tag team wrestler. Like, I'll take all the in-ring shit talk you got. And especially from the New Day. Um, I thought that was awesome. And, you know, they really did do their damnedest to keep him away from Omos. And he finally did get the tag. But it was over. Yeah, and yeah, once Omos got in, you kind of knew. It was pretty, you know, just a few minutes after that. Well, like uh, no cells, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. they were hitting him. And, yeah, they just couldn't do a damn thing. Um, very cool move, you know, Styles got on top of the shoulders of Omos and jumped off and hit the phenomenal forearm. Yeah. And then I think it was very shortly after that he did, I think it was like a two-handed choke slam to Kofi, slammed him down, and just like he did on SmackDown two weeks ago, put his foot on him for the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see this because, you know, it'll be interesting to see like what Omas is going to continue to do in the ring. Like, is he going to, is he going to be able to show a little more? Like he's been very limited, which is all you really need from a guy like him. But you know, I'm intrigued by this pairing. Going yeah, forward. I, I, I am too. I think like, you know, the way the narrative route they went, just building up to Omas was a very sensible and convenient one to do. It was the, it was a logical one, yep. um, but it did make the match a little predictable, especially as Omas yeah. was kept out of it. Cause you like, we knew they, they were going to yeah, win yeah. at that point. So, um, but, I mean, no better guy than AJ Styles to have in there for seven, eight minutes to get his ass beat, and, yeah. you know, because he's as good as it, as good as it gets in for terms sure. of just taking punishment and selling. And um, But, yeah, we also found out a little nugget. I think you had asked while we were watching, like, what Omas's background was or where he came from, and we found out that he played college basketball for both South Florida and Morgan State. Which and- South Florida's in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's so not, not very far from. And South Florida you know. also was in the same conference as our Louisville Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, two different conferences while yeah. he was there in 2013 and 14. Yeah. And do you remember? I know you oh, looked up. Oh, stat line. He, 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 played, he played in all four games across two years against yeah, us. Yeah, you know, an, an aggregate of what, like, you know, 20-some-odd <laughs> minutes. Scored two points, had about five rebounds. A couple blocks. A couple blocks and like ten fouls. Of fouls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. But it was really, you know, for us being big Louisville basketball fans and, you know, to think back, oh, we watched this guy play basketball. For sure, uh, yeah. yeah. Whether which, we which, were... which our South Florida games were always forgettable. I think the closest <laughs> margin was 19. And, I, and you it got up to like 40 points. And you looked too, them up, yeah. they were all like low-scoring ball games. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, just one of those things we didn't know and it was a cool little thing to find out about Mr. Omos and... 
you know, excited to see more of him in the ring and his character because he is a fucking imposing creature out there. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to the next match where Braun Strowman defeated Shane McMahon in a steel cage match in 11 minutes, 28 seconds. Cool. What do you got? You know, I had fun, <laughs> I had fun with this one, man. Yeah, I, mean, I did. I had a good time. Like, it was classic heel shit, like yeah. where Shane's like got weapons instantly. The toolbox like, really the, the, fucking The toolbox was out. great. And like the whole match, Shane's just on the verge from escaping. Just running time. around. Yeah. yeah um, you know, a little bit of a plot match. Oh, you yeah. You know, um, and like I had fun with it. It was a good, it was a decent And for plot. how kind of shitty the build was for the couple weeks we've watched and even prior to that, you know, the hopscotch, the green slime, all that. Just really dumb shit. Yeah. Like, this match was fine. You know, it wasn't terrible. It was kind of fun, it, like you said. Yeah, it, it had it, some moments. It had a clear storyline. And you knew it was just like heels, just, you know. Like Riker and yeah. Elias, remember, attacked Strowman before he even got in the yeah. cage. So that kind of put him at a so, disadvantage. So, so it was all like coming back from the heels, you know, uh, stacking the deck. Exactly. Yeah, the process of that. And um, one thing I do want to say about the promo right before it. Like, they have Braun being like, I'm going to win this match. For everyone who's been called stupid. So yeah. making it like a bullying angle, like yeah. he's taken up for the people who've been called stupid. And I kind of realized, I'm like, you know, probably about 50% of the time someone's called stupid, they have pretty good reasons yeah. to be called, you know. like yeah. <laughs> So I don't think, you know, that's um, a completely pitiful thing in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, also, Shane, you know, just impressive. I think I saw he's 51 now and he can still hit that coast-to-coast move where he gets on one turnbuckle and jumps all the way across the ring and yeah. does like the drop kick. Uh, and of course, our friend Dan, who is here watching, and he's watched many WrestleManias and whatnot with me over the years. Usually, when you have Shane McMahon on a WrestleMania, you're going to get some sort of stunt. Yeah. You know, Undertaker threw him off the Hell in the Cell a few years back. I think The Miz threw him off somehow. So, in this one, it wasn't quite as extreme, but if you recall at the end of the match, um, after. Shane was kind of walking out, yeah, waving, he was on the way out, and yeah. he was waving, and Braun ended up basically ripping the cage back and pulling mm. him in, which was really cool. But they got to the very top, and Braun just threw him basically off the top of yeah. the cage to the ring, uh, which I'm sure hurt like shit. Yeah. And he ended up getting the running power slam for the win. But yeah, I think all told, and the way this match was built, and kind of just how juvenile it was. I'd say this exceeded expectations. Oh, no, I completely agree. Like I, you know, it was good, wholesome, hearty <laughs> plot match. Yeah, good, wholesome, big, brutal baby face beating the shit out of the weaselly asshole mm. son of the boss heel. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> As you spit bubbly onto yeah, yourself and your microphone. Trickles down my shirt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, while that happens. Uh, we will move on to what I would call, well, we the, had... The, the Greg Goldman classic. <laughs> and before that, just real quick, just want to note that there was the... They highlighted each of the members of the 2020 Hall of Fame class. JBL, your boy, William Shatner, the Bella Twins, Bill. Jushin Thunder Liger, my boy, uh, Titus O'Neil, the Warrior Recipient, and British Bulldog. I presume tomorrow or tonight we will get to see the 2021 Hall of Fame class, but that's just always something they do. So now... Onward to the Greg Goldman classic, uh, which I was going to say, one of the most surprising, like this, talk about exceeding expectations, this exceeded it tenfold yeah. for me. Um, not that, you know, I didn't think this was going to be some dog shit match, but 
this actually turned out to be a damn good wrestling match mm -hmm. where Bad Bunny and Damian Priest defeated The Miz and John Morrison in 15 minutes and two seconds. And shit, I bet Bad Bunny was in there for about 11 or 12 of those minutes. Yeah, yeah I remember um, hearing something about Damian Priest being hurt. Yeah, yeah. So I just read about that today um, that I can't remember what the injury was, but I guess he was working hurt and... You know, he got the late hot tag, which this match built to big time. I mean, Bad Bunny took a fucking beating for a while and looked great doing it. Mm -hmm. um, but once Priest got in there, the whole scope of this match changed. And, you know, if he was hurt, damn, he still looked fucking great. Yeah, he did. Hurt. Yeah, and, and again, like the Omos match, you know, they were building toward it, but it wasn't, you know, the same arc there. No, not you at know, all. Definitely not at all. You know, and Priest wasn't winning this match. It was the Bad Bunny show. You know, it, it was, really was. You know, he obviously is probably trained. You can you tell know, he you know, definitely. I mean, to be able to work that long and take that much punishment and actually do some legit yeah. wrestling moves, he looked awesome. Yeah, and sure, The Miz and John Morrison were selling the shit out of him. And I was going to say, yeah, got to give well. a ton of credit to both of those guys, too, for, you know, to be a veteran wrestler like them and to work with a guy who's never done this before, like it, it takes two to tango. Mm -hmm. And I thought Miz and Morrison did an excellent job playing their roles in this match as well. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, but yeah, uh, Bad Bunny, great stuff from him. Um, you know, he he did towards the end of the match what I think Booker T called the Bunny Destroyer yeah. on the outside. Like that was very impressive. And again, took a lot of help from John Morrison too. Did. Um, he and Priest both did the double Falcon Arrows, which also took some help from John Morrison for yeah. Bad Bunny. But, like, all this shit, all the shit Bad Bunny did looked good. Yeah. Like, I can't say, I don't think he really botched anything. And as, for as little as he was, too, like, A-plus performance from him. Yeah, like, no. really all around the board. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, like, you know, he got moves in at the right time. You know, when he, you know, like, especially, like, got on the top rope. And uh, jumped off the top, you know. For, yeah, you know, after, like it, it was all well timed. Yeah, Priest like did his flip out over yeah. the top rope, and then Bad Bunny followed and kind of got his. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, really, he was in the ring. I swear, probably the first ten to twelve, ten or so minutes uninterrupted, and like really did a lot of good. I remember he had like a roll up cradle move, um, but he looked like a wrestler yeah. like he didn't look like someone who was having their very first match right yeah and he was in for about i would say 70 percent of the match he was oh you know, i would active. say more than that yeah yeah um, maybe compare it a little bit and i know you didn't see it but pat mcafee uh the former punter who has his own radio show and all this shit he wrestled adam cole last year on an nxt event I think McAfee looked like McAfee looked incredible. That's like maybe the best I've seen someone their first time. But like Bad Bunny, fucking props to this guy. Like, and again for a match that I was not excited one iota about, this was great. Yeah, I no, really I, I, enjoyed this. I, I had a lot of fun with it. And real quick, I meant to note this up front. It. <laughs> Before the match, remember, it felt like it took a half hour just to get to this fucking match through all the bunnies coming out with Miz and Morrison and all the, the long video recaps. Yeah, it took forever, didn't and it? And the yeah. music video and all this shit. And I think I, I would even, hop along reminding like you of what you like hated about this. I like, even you know, tweeted out, like, I'm oh like, my God, it's taken shit. about yeah. 30 minutes just to get us to this dumb match. As I said, mm. they proved me wrong wholeheartedly. But like, Let's trim down the video packages a little. And I noticed there were a lot, and I, don't get me wrong, I fucking love the WWE video packages. And we're about to talk about one that was really good. 
But this one just felt like it went on and on and on and, and on. And stupid song again. And it yeah. was just like all the things that you hated about the build up to this but were then, there. But then the match fucking yeah. delivered. And, 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 and think, it was awesome. And I think the end result of the match means we're not going to be hearing that stupid song I again. I hope not. You know, like they're not going to be <laughs> like. Hey, hey, ho, oh, oh. <laughs> ho. I don't even know. Stupid song. Um, but. All credit to all four men in this match. This was a ton of fun, very well executed, and I hope Damian Priest is okay. Sure. Um, and who knows what we'll see more of Bad Bunny. Like, the, you know, the guy is fucking famous and is a superstar. I didn't really know him, but I know he's, you know, very, very, very popular. But, like, he's been on TV a lot here and, like, clearly training, and I know he's a huge WWE fan, so, like, I wonder if there's more to come from him. Yeah. We shall I, see. I, I, I imagine there will be. I imagine there will be, too. So, we head to our main event, where Bianca Belair defeats Sasha Banks in 17 minutes, 16 seconds, to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. And this was a very, very deserving main event. I thought this was great. I thought both women looked amazing. I thought they both played their parts very well. Uh, you know, I thought it was relatively telegraphed that Bianca was going to win this match, but that was fine. It didn't take anything away from it for me. Um, and before I get your reaction, I mean, historic, historic main event in the sense it was only the second women's main event to a WrestleMania, the last one being WrestleMania 35 with Ronda Rousey, Sh Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch, and also, not only that, two women of color. So, I like the two-night format because it allows you to have, to do this, to have mm -hmm. these women main event, and I think they truly deserved this spot, and the match backed it up. Mm -hmm. um, so, I've done enough talking. What'd you think of the it match? It was a great back-and-forth match. Um, Absolutely. You know, um, no one really seemed to take control early. Yeah. Like, there was one point where Sasha Banks kind of took control. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of, like, near falls in the early No, th there weren't really the yeah. whole match, actually. Yeah. Like, like, other than, like, when Sasha Banks started doing the hair pulling yeah. and built up to the bank statement where Bianca Belair got out of it, that's kind of yep. when you definitely knew. Yeah. You know, and she was, you know, the pulling on the hair thing was good because it came back and at the end. she was doing it consistently, yeah. you know? Like, and yeah, that came back at the end in a big way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that came back in the end in a big way where... You know, I think it was kind of what led to the very end of the match. You know, Sasha had been pulling the hair all match, all match, and kind of using it to her advantage the whole time. And at the end, Bianca flipped it and just Whipped whacked her, her with yeah, it. And like, you know, had like a streak. Massive welt. And yeah. it made a very nice sound. I don't know if that was real or artificial. Regardless, that I'm sure hurt like shit, that as did. you can tell. And I think that led pretty quickly into Belair hitting the kiss of death slam for the win because she had missed one earlier or mm. Sasha had gotten out of it. But yeah, like that kind of like the chain in the O'Reilly Cole match the other night, like it was in there, you know, that chain was there the whole time and they'd used it the whole time and it came in at the end. Same with the hair. Um, so I love that little touch of that thread kind of running through. Mm. And as great and amazing as Bianca Belair was in this match, I thought Sasha Banks' A-plus heel performance. Oh, this, yeah. From the facial express, like, her entrance. Like, I just fucking love her. She just, she looks the part. She walks the part. She talks the part. She is the boss. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, and everybody still loves her. 
You oh, know, she's like, my fucking it, it's, favorite. It's you know, like you're supposed to boo her, but, but you just can't. You know? She's just got. You've said it before. She's got that presence. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've seen her with the blue and the green hair yeah, with the I matching gear and yeah. kind of like the duster a little bit uh-huh. that she had on. But yeah, there was a time late in the match. I think Michael Cole even said it like, it's boss time. And oh, didn't well, she? She, no, she, she went over it. to him. She prompted yeah. his ass. Yeah. But he beyond that was saying like, she's got that mean streak. And like, man, there were just so many little things about this match that I thought were so good. And really kicking back to the beginning, I forgot to even mention this. It's funny. We're like going to the end and back, but um, Bianca got emotional at the beat. Like she was almost kind of crying before the match even started. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is a big fucking deal. Well, and she's risen up pretty quick so through NXT. I was right? going to yeah, say yeah. for her, especially like I, I said this last night, I think she was still technically on the NXT roster when she won the Royal Rumble in uh, January. So two and a half months later, She's now main eventing and winning the title in a WrestleMania. Like yeah. what a what a fucking leap. Me- meteoric rise. And it, absolutely. And deservedly so. And Rhea Ripley on the other side, she was in NXT and she's not main eventing, but she's gonna have a huge match against Asuka that we'll talk about. Um but yeah, very, very happy for her. Um again, Sasha Banks couldn't have done a better job playing her role and is just always such a great champion. Um I would love to see a rematch and just all kudos to Bianca Belair. And also remember at the very end when she won, I, we didn't know it at the time, but I guess it was her family sitting at ringside yeah. and her, I guess it was her brother like leapt over the barricade yeah. like, oh awesome. shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ton of fun. Um, yeah, no, re- like real good emotion. Yes, just know, through the whole. You could see thing. it on both their feet. Like they, it mattered. It did. It did, and that showed through in the work and everything. Um, so yeah, I overall night one high marks for me. Yeah, um, yeah definitely yeah. exceeded my expectations, and I was definitely looking more forward to night two. And really, outside of the women's tag turmoil, like everything was pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean, like it definitely, um, you know, for being a three and a half hour show, like I was engaged for just about all the time except for the second match. You know, that was yeah. the only one where you know it's a little duddy, little, but that yeah. happens. And you know, I said this last night too. I went. I'm wearing the shirt right now to WrestleMania 33. And, you know, you have the pre-show and just everything. And it was like a seven-hour event. Yeah. And, like, by the end, you're just cashed and exhausted. And it was Undertaker versus Roman Reigns that night. And everyone knew Roman Reigns was going to win. Like, I can barely even remember the match. Oh, I yeah. haven't even, like, gone back to watch it. So my point is I love that they've done the two-night thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that stays because, one, it allows them to have more matches. You don't have the fans in the building for seven hours. Yeah, marathon drinking. Yeah, and know, just, just whatever. Some, yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm happy about it. Yeah. So, your first WrestleMania, night one, overall, what'd you think? Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I, like the, the, the spectacle was sort of in the scale. You mm-hmm. know, like the, yes. the, the big ass. The um, entrances. Yeah, the, 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 like where they um, walked out from, that yep. big like thing that was a monitor yep. that kind of like looped around like it was some sort of a, I don't know, castle wall or, yeah. or, or I, I don't know what to compare it to. But but yeah, I mean, just the sheer scale of it, yeah. you know, had that. And then, you know, the matches, um, you know, followed suit. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're all very good. T- you know, a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah. Just all, big entrances. All the culmination of plot lines. Yes. You know, all very, you know, there's a sense of finality yep. to a lot of what was happening. And uh, yeah, I mean, like it, it was definitely in, you know, 
the scale. You have fireworks, you have, you know, with the fans back too, you know, that that was like the, you know, secret sauce that kind of made it unique and a lot and of like the cgi augmented reality oh, yeah, stuff some that's... was kind of lame but some of it looked i remember cesaro's looked really cool with like the kind of matrixy stuff oh yeah they were coming at you and i feel like bianca and sasha's were both awesome too and i i mean really most of them were cool except for that big ass um skeleton pirate that was like <laughs> hanging over the stadium yeah that was a little bunky but uh and i forgot to mention it earlier too but um, I kind of teed it up, but the, I thought the video package building up the Sasha Bianca match and the, whatever that song was like that really got me fucking yeah. hyped. Yeah. Just uh great stuff overall. And, uh, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon and we're looking forward to night too. Sure are. Definitely. So, uh, Hey, uh, we'll see you then. Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, did, uh, someone let you in? Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. So, crazy show last night, huh? Sure. Weird to be watching it from here and not there, but you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah, that right. Man, it's been fun, but it's been a long week. A lot of stuff. I'm looking forward for, uh, a little time to breathe, you know? Maybe, or maybe not. Maybe things are actually just about to ramp up. What do you mean? Well, Vince didn't just drag me all the way down here to make sure you all towed the line. He's not that dumb, man. He's a businessman, top of the line. Yeah, uh, right. Uh I mean, which is why he was so uh, adamant about making sure we talked to the main roster this week so we could get, you know, more people to watch WrestleMania and, like... But, but... But? But... People have to listen to you first for that to even happen. Uh And Vince is well aware of that fact. So, that in mind, how about we turn the Brain Buster Boys inside out? Inside out? Uh, exactly. Like, do you want us to record more outside? Because it's like nice out in springtime? Bo, come on, man. Quit the bullshit. There's no ruse here. Just me and you, and I'm going to give it to you straight. Vince wants to make one more change. A big one. Yeah, uh... What is it? He wants to make you the host. (laughs) No. No way, man. (laughs) First, first, no way I could do that to Brad, okay? Besides, and like, what kind of wrestling podcast would it be if I hosted it? A damn good one. Vince thinks, and he's fairly certain of it, he's got all the confidence in you in the world. I don't know, man. Like, I don't feel unconfident, but I don't think this would seem right for the show, you know? Bo, remember, episode 14, after AEW Revolution, 
Sometimes you have to turn things inside out to get things right side up. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember. All right, as we come down the home stretch here, WrestleMania Sunday, night two. And, uh, took quite a while to, to get things going here. Yeah, I mean, it took until, what, about 8.30 to get to the first match? It's just, like right at 8.24 Eastern yeah, time. Just extraneous buildup, you know, and I, I guess I guess we have to go ahead and say beforehand, like, sorry, Bruce. Yeah, and Bruce, you know, as you know, has been in the room with us while we record, and, you know, been a lot of great shows, and we've been positive about it. Yeah, yeah and, uh, you know, uh, night two just didn't hit quite the marks and especially this first hour so apologies to bruce and vince for what we may say but it's all you know we got to be honest yeah exactly exactly so um, i thought the host row too was a bit unnecessary yeah it was, not a lot of presence i mean they came out in the pirate outfits which is cute i guess but you know i guess yeah yeah i mean they're not really serving much of a purpose and it was just kind of taking up time and yeah, whatever. We don't really need to get into them. But, um, you know, so we start the night, surprisingly, with uh, school. Yeah, school. The Randy Orton School and it of booking. turned out to be detention. Yeah, um, pretty much. It was the worst match of both nights. Oh. It, was, it was probably the worst match of NXT, Stand and Deliver, and WrestleMania. By far. Yeah. And that is Randy Orton defeating The Fiend in 5 minutes, 54 seconds. So... Before we get into the match, Orton made his entrance, and this was something they did a lot in night one we didn't touch too much on, but the fact that they had someone enter, and then they do the long video package, like it used to be before the entrances, and I feel like it gets even more jumbled when you have someone come out, and then you have a five to seven minute thing. Yeah, and then Randy Orton was just standing in yeah, there. Yeah, it just, it's clunky, and the flow's not great, but... Um, so we got through that and the fiend came out. His entrance was awesome. They kind of remember how he was kind of down the tunnel when he was walking out and looked pretty cool. Uh, and we get out and there's the big fiend in the box thing. Mm-hmm. And or Alexa came out first with the box. Yeah, yeah. And that, but yeah, the entrance was really cool. And then it was all downhill from there. Well, pretty, I mean, it was all off a cliff and into a ravine, into a raging rapid river. <laughs> For as much build as this feud has had. And I think it goes back to. September, October, I mean, we certainly weren't here. And I've seen, you know, saw what happened at Fastlane and whatever. It's like, this was it? Yeah. How was that it? I mean, really, I I wrote down five minutes of boring wrestling. And, like, I don't even remember a move that happened. Like, it was just kind of, there was a one mandible claw. But it was just nothing. And then... All of a sudden, you know, Bray or the Fiend is about to get him in the Sister Abigail. He kisses Orton on the forehead. Yeah. And then fire comes out of the ring posts. And all of a sudden, Alexa's back on the box with all the black shit coming out of her. Yeah, and it was just baffling. Yeah, and the Fiend just stood there. Orton hit him with the RKO. That was it. That was it, yeah. And then the lights went out and they disappeared. Yeah, it was just... And that was it? What was that? Well, let's call it like it is. It was a big old plot match. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah let's call it like it is yeah um, um and uh it was you know not a plot match in a nice sense of the word because we've talked about plot matches that you know oh there's some great good. plot matches. yeah yeah but like this plot match was just like it just was questions that just led to more questions and not more specific would questions, you say it but went just, you know nowhere yeah it did it was just you know vap it was just vapor you know it was just amorphous it was just not like 
you know, there, there was nowhere it was pointing. It was just all like, you know, lame metaphor on top of lame. And it just, I um, just don't get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it either. I think it's just supposed to be atmosphere and creepy, which they nailed that. But even then, it's kind of token, because he's wearing the big Joker mask, which I think is kind of a little lame. And they had the red lights, which I know yeah. used to be a hallmark of The Fiend, then they took them away because people hated them, and now they're back. Yeah, and they were in the entire match, and then the black fluid going down Alexa was just like... Just... Yeah. What, I mean, again, clearly this feud is not over. No, it's not over, and like, I don't know. Like, I bet, I, I bet whenever they bring it back up again on Raw tomorrow... Um, it's gonna be or tonight. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be like I don't know. I just like, don't... like maybe a bit more specific, but like it's weird that they saved like that inch. Like I, I, it's almost like that would have been better served as being like the lead into WrestleMania, it... where you have the questions. You're like, what's gonna happen with yeah. this? Yeah. And it it shouldn't have opened the show. Like I'm a big proponent of having like a real energetic good match for an opener, like WrestleMania Night One, like both NXT stand and deliver shows, and this match sat and did not deliver. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, I, it sat and withheld. This was one. This this was one that I was not excited about because, and I'd heard the feud was really good for parts, but I couldn't care less about what happens moving forward. Yeah, and again, like, you know, to just to go back to the match, just a lot of the wrestling was just lost on just kind of like the what the fuck yeah, is going on, just distracting, you know? and yeah, I think we've talked enough about this. We definitely have. So we go into match two, which is Natalia and or excuse me, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler defeating Natalia and Tamina by referee's decision in fourteen minutes eighteen seconds. Match was perfectly fine. But this is your second longest match on the show. Mm-hmm. Like, what the what the fuck is that? Yeah, it's just and just the pacing yeah. and card positioning of this show. You have that strange, weird Randy Orton Fiend match, and then this, which again, nothing against the, these women at all, and they did a great job, but just not a lot of excitement. Yeah, out of the yeah, gate not, here. not a lot of getting after a great night one. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, you know, I kind of wondered, like, was this better than the Gauntlet? You know, as I was writing notes for this, this. one, yeah, I think yeah. this was better than the women's yeah. match on night one. Yeah, like, uh, but not by a lot. I feel like, you yeah, know, I uh, mean, I, it was definitely I'm, smoother. But but I, but I still felt like you know, you know, outside of when what was it, Tamina and Nia Jax were in there. Tamina looked great. Yeah, Tamina I mean, looked great. T- yeah, like they were they were you know pretty good. And Shayna Baszler had a pretty solid match all around. Yeah, she had some nice kicks and a really hard knee on Natalia yeah. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just okay. It had a yeah, yeah. it was fine. Um, but again, to go 14 minutes 18 seconds when you have two matches the next two matches being under 10 and under 11 minutes that were both very good that could have been a lot better had they gotten, you know, a few more like this should have been an 8 minute match, an yeah. 8 to 10 minute match. And you know, when I don't want to get too much into it, but when you have Titus and Hogan and these long video packages and all this nonsense, like you're taking away time from the performers. And don't get me wrong, like these next two both told great stories with what, with what they have, but the timing was just off. Yeah. And, um, you know, end of it this. It took us ma- forever to get into it. And then I was like, holy shit, we got like, you know, five more matches to go the through. The first yeah. hour was really. Not great. No. Putting it lightly. Yeah, and then like we skipped through, like we blew through matches, you yeah. know, near the back end. But yeah. So this match ended, interestingly, Natalia actually had the sharpshooter on Naya. Yeah. Wasn't even the legal woman in yeah, the ring. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, I think Baszler got in and ended up choking out Natalia, and mm. that was it. Referee's but decision. Too long, fine match, not a complaint about it. It was fine, but again, card positioning and pacing left a lot to be desired. Yeah, yeah, made it seem just kind of, you know, like it wasn't the big spike in energy that, that you needed after school. And, um, yeah. and uh, Good call. Yeah, and, and I don't know, it just kind of, yeah, made that first hour just drag, and we were just like, oh my God. And we talked about this at the end of our night one recording. I personally was more excited for night two and these matches going on. And again, after these first two, it definitely got better. But yeah, overall, just that first hour really killed things for me. Yeah, it really set things back. But we go into match number three where... Kevin Owens defeats Sami Zayn in 9 minutes, 16 seconds, and they sure as hell made the most of that 9 minutes, 16 seconds. Yeah, they did. This this was a really, really fun match. Loved this. I thought, um, you know. Right, oh, and those not, guys have great, like, ring chemistry. And I've told you, know, you like, fun. they're lifelong best friends. Yeah. They've wrestled a million times together, and you can see that. Yeah. Like, this, they were so smooth on the counters, and they were hitting a lot of big moves. Um, let's before we get too too far into it. Let's mention that Logan Paul was uh, there, your boy, yeah, uh, <laughs> with a guest of Sami Zayn, and he was just kind of sitting at ringside and doing whatever. Yeah, and people thought he would get involved, and he didn't. I'm glad. Well, because like you until know, post match, well, until post match, that doesn't count. You know, I'm like, glad like, he didn't get involved well, in the match in the too. match match. Yeah, because like we needed it. You know, we didn't need Agreed. like shenanigans. Give us a yeah. clean match, and yeah. we got it. Um, started, you know, furious pace. Remember, Zane immediately charged right at Owens, and Owens hit him with the pop-up powerbomb, yeah. which was his old finisher, and Zane was able to roll out. Um, Zane, you know, kind of going through, he ended up hitting the blue thunderbomb, which Michael Cole called a Michinoku driver earlier, which was funny, into an exploder, into a dragon suplex, and into a brain buster. On which, the apron, right? Oh, that, yeah, that, sorry, that was actually before that. Yeah, he nailed him with that apron brain buster. Yeah. That was nice. But yeah, this was kind of as they were in the scope of the match. Zane was just doing all these, he hit like those four huge moves in a row. And then he ended up going to the top for the vertical suplex, uh -huh. which KO countered and kind of flipped him over into a suplex of his own, which mm -hmm. was awesome. Um, and then ended up, Sammy hit his running haluva kick finisher yeah. into the corner. Um, which didn't put KO out, and he ended up uh, hitting him with two super kicks into the stunner. And again, for an under 10-minute match, this was tremendous. Yeah, this was high energy. It was a very uh, nimble match. Yes. You know, I wrote that. And um, when they were on the apron on the turnbuckle, you know, it was very precise. Yeah, and just like um, high drama moments. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, I'll go ahead and say this. I'm, don't, I'm not really super into Sami Zayn's character. I think the whole conspiracy thing is a little, yeah. a, a bit of a cast archetype. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I thought, like, you know, that didn't have any impact on how I enjoyed him He's watching the wrestling. He's a great fucking yeah, yeah, wrestler. Yeah, yeah, and, the, and the, the, both of these guys were great. Yeah. And I didn't like the KO show either. Yeah. Like this. Yeah, you know? and, you know, as we were reviewing previous SmackDowns, that's kind of what I was trying to tell you. It's like, don't focus on this character shit, because they're going to tear it up at yeah. WrestleMania. I just wish... Couldn't have they got 15 minutes? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, JBL on commentary at the end referenced their amazing match at Battleground 2016, which I think got like 18 or 19, and it was close to a five-star match. It was incredible. So, like, as you saw what they were able to do in under 10, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, it, was, it, it was just kind of a bummer. But, you know, this kind of falls in line with... Uh, Rollins and Cesaro and Pete Dunne Kushida the other night, like very compact, awesome matches that I just wish would have gotten a little more time. Right. I so agree. let's briefly touch on Logan Paul. Uh -huh. um, 
you know, after the match, of course, Sammy was complaining and upset because and, Logan Paul got in the ring and raised KO's hands. And, uh, you know, after that happened, KO, of course, had a look on his face like, what are you doing? And then, of course, he got the stunner and it made the fans happy. Yeah. But uh, just overall, what are your what's your take on Logan Paul's involvement uh, from what we saw on SmackDown to WrestleMania? Well, well once you um, the match was over, you kind of knew like, oh, yeah, like he's, you know, probably going to turn on Sammy now. Like, yeah. it's probably going to be like, you know, all the shits, fault the house of cards. Is he had to down do something. You know? Yeah, they yeah, brought had, him there for a yeah, reason. Yeah, he had to do something. Um, but you know, like I don't really know where it's gonna go. I mean, it seemed like maybe this is it, just because he just got stunned and then just get him out of is. there. But you know, he seems like he would be, he would kind of fit what they do for in, sure in, in this company and on like Raw especially. Yeah. So, uh, so so yeah, I think uh, you know, like I guess this definitely sets him up, you know, not to come back. But, I mean, I don't know. This feud seems like, I don't know. I think the feud is probably over. Yeah. But, yeah, we'll we'll see if Logan Paul comes back. Yeah, I think he would be a good fit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty underwhelming uh, with what we saw. Yeah, you know, it didn't really bother me. What, you know, yeah, like, yeah, I, I agree. It, yeah. yeah, it was nothing bad about it. It mm-hmm. was just kind of, He was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, before we go into the next match, <laughs> we had a quick funny... Uh, backstage sketch with our boy Riddle on the scooter Mm -hmm. who ran into Great Khali and, you know, talking a bunch of nonsense. And then RVD, both both these guys, Hall of Famers, comes in. And I told you, RVD, noted wrestling stoner. Mm -hmm. Matt Riddle, noted wrestling stoner. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of funny to have those two together Mm -hmm. talking about the RVD rolling papers. I got a kick out of it. Um, Our guy Micah from Specifically Devoid referred to them as the Cheech and Chong of wrestling. And I actually saw like a Cheech and Chong meme later, which I thought that was pretty funny. But so let's go into the match where Sheamus defeats Matt Riddle for the U.S. title in 10 minutes, 51 seconds. And uh, very similar to their Raw match from a couple weeks ago. I thought this was great. Yeah, and I thought this was really good, too. I mean, Sheamus... We've actually seen a pretty good sample size yeah, of him. Yeah, we have. He's and he's been, been a, solid. He's been a fucking workhorse yeah, lately. Yeah, and he's had like early matches in Raw. Yep. You know, like like opening or like, you know. I think everything we've seen of him has been good. Yeah. Like there hasn't been any letdown from no, him. No, not been from very he's solid. Yeah. yeah. He got in control really in the beginning. You know, uh, Riddle got those cool submissions. You know, they kind of gave momentum. That Those ones where you jump on him like a, yeah. you know. Like Riddle Michael. looked, all, I mean, both guys were great, but Riddle really had a sense of urgency in this match. And I feel like there were a lot of big moves later where he'd hit like a corkscrew splash and he got in like a series of two counts and I loved his facial reaction. It was like, what more do I have to do to put this guy away? Like he was just so many times just like so close. And if you could see my face right now, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you would understand. But yeah, like I thought Riddle was great in this match. Um, we had Sheamus earlier hitting that big knee into the Alabama slam when yeah, he kind of cool. just whips him down. Mm-hmm. Before that, Riddle had hit a jackhammer, which remember he kind of had him up and dropped him and yeah. then got him up again. again. Oh yeah, which yeah. was impressive strength. Right, and that was actually Goldberg's finishing move. Really? Back yeah, in the no, day. I remember reading that. Um, so getting kind of towards the end, um, Sheamus went for a top rope white noise, but he actually slipped, yeah. but had a great recovery and really was able to just hit the move on the ground in the ring. So again, it was a botch, but he made the best of it. So no complaints out of me. That shit happens. 
Um, and then at the very end, uh, Riddle went for that second rope moonsault right into the brug kick for the one, two, three, and Riddle got up and had a busted lip. Oh, yeah. No, they like, showed like, like the a, replay. Like it's like, boot went right into his chin. Right into his mouth. Yeah, yeah like that was pretty awesome. But yeah. yeah, just more great stuff from these two. And I mean, up until the main event, I would say this was my match of the night. Yeah, both guys were really impressive. I mean, I think this just took, kind of took what was happening the last match. It just took it to like a... Bigger, stronger, touch more epic level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I actually liked the Raw match slightly more, but they were both right there for yeah. me. I mean, this one obviously being on the grandest stage of them all made, again, gave Riddle more that sense of urgency. But I think because the Raw match, my expectations weren't very high and they shattered them. And yeah. for this match, I had the expectations and they met them. But right. like both matches were great and, you know, would love to see. I mean, see these two again. I mean, Riddle losing, I mean, typically a champ gets a, a title, a rematch against someone. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see. I thought Riddle was actually going to win. Um, but again, like we just talked about with Sheamus, very, very earned to win the championship. Yeah, here. yeah, definitely, definitely from what we've seen the last few weeks. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, hopefully he kind of, like U.S. champions of the past, Cena had like an open challenge where he was defending every week. Like, I'd love to see Sheamus as like a workhorse and really defending this belt a lot. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. And we swing right in to the next match, which was... Apollo Crews defeating Big E in a Nigerian drum fight in 6 minutes 49 seconds to win the Intercontinental Championship. And you mentioned the plot match earlier, which we've talked ad nauseum about on this program, but I turned this one last night a prop match because what the hell were those drums really even for? Yeah, they, they weren't really used at all, which was disappointing, but they did look cool in the yeah, lime they green. Did, they did look yeah, cool. And I mean, it was just whacking each other with kendo stick-a-thon, you know. Which again, why like, are the kendo sticks out there? Yeah, I guess yeah. are those serving as your drum sticks, so yeah, to speak? Yeah, and, and I think like, you know, well, they got the gong. Yeah, the gong was, yeah that was but, kind of, but that was only once, and then it crashed on the ground and made the... Which was funny, and then that was... And yeah, I think Biggie threw him into one of the normal drums once. Yeah. But, like, they didn't, like, put it over someone's head and start beating it. With yeah, it, and didn't uh, even, like, hit like someone that. with it. And I really thought, like, during Apollo's entrance that there would be some some sort of cool, like, drumming or something. Yeah. But there, he just had that fucking huge staff, and that yeah. was it. But... Um, match was fine. I mean, mm -hmm. it was short, but it was fine. It was entertaining for what it was. I mean, there were some cool moments with the steps out there. Yeah. Um, remember, I think, so Apollo hit him with the Death Valley driver on the apron. Man, there were a lot of fucking apron moves this whole weekend, both WWE and NXT, more than normal. But he hit him on there. And remember, he had set Big E on the steps and tried to, like, sandwich him with it. Right. He moved, and then Big E ended up hitting the Uranagi on the steps to cruise, and ouchie, that looked yeah, like it hurt. Yeah, that looked like it sure. hurt. Yeah, no, there was a lot of um, edging when it came to moves on the stairs big yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, a lot of kendo stick hitting. Um, you know, kind of down the stretch, Big E ended up getting that table and bringing it in the ring. Right. Um, and Apollo ended up putting Big E on said table and did a splash, which Big E moved and sl Cruz slammed right through the table. Big E hits his move, the big ending, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Big E hits his move, the big ending, and I'm like, oh, great. The Tampa native is going to win in his hometown. This is wonderful. kind of what I thought, too. And this big, giant man who I guess was known by the name of Daba Kato, I'd never seen him before, mm -hmm. slid in and 
kind of slapped or punched Big E and hit a choke slam and rolled Cruz onto him, and that, that was it. That was it. Yeah, it was a pretty mysterious kind of ending. Yeah, you know, like, like this guy just showed up and he's not been in WWE at all, right? I think so. They had a thing for a while that they were calling Raw Underground, and I didn't see much of it, but it was almost like presented as like cage fighting in like this weird like fight club type room yeah. i don't think it really caught on but i think this guy was there and right. apparently omas was also part like a, the bodyguard of that uh-huh. so i think very very limited stuff um so i guess if you'd watch that you knew who he was we didn't um but i presume he's going to be aligned with apollo cruz going forward certainly certainly um, like it but you know biggie Hats off to him, you know, had a great performance in his hometown, really got the crowd fired up for his entrance. Um, it's kind of classic WWE. It's happened a lot over the years for people to lose big matches in their hometown, so really no surprise there, I mm-hmm. guess. But, um, yeah, it was fine for what it was. Um, and then there was the Hall of Fame stuff. Um, I don't, okay, Rob Van Dam, Molly Holly, Great Khali, Orzy Orsborn. Eric Bischoff, and the Warrior Award winner, Rich Herring, and Kane, um, who kind of got the pyro and got, you know, the last entrance. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff, I guess. So, we go into the second to last, the penultimate match, where Rhea Ripley defeats Asuka in 13 minutes, 27 seconds to become the new Raw Women's Champion. That was quick, from NXT to this. Just like yeah. Bianca Belair on night one, both of them, I think I mentioned, they were both the final two in the Royal Rumble. Both were in NXT, both are awesome, and yeah, very, you said it yesterday, meteoric rise for both. Mm-hmm. Ripley, at least, so she was on WrestleMania last year because she fought Charlotte for the NXT championship and lost. Um, So she gets her big WrestleMania win. Um, This was a match I was really looking forward to and it didn't quite meet my expectations, but I still thought it was quite good. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it was kind of, you know... uh, Something just felt a little off. Yeah, well, it was kind of the flow of it, I think. Yeah. You know, like, kind of Ripley sort of took control really early and just started, like, the trash talking shit. Yeah, she was talking shit. And I feel like that that should have been, like, Asuka early on, like, how a typical match goes. Yeah. But no, you know, Asuka kind of, like, sort of got in late. She, um... Caught her right leg, you know, whenever she was kicking her and got her into the submission. Um, and then they had that sick-ass DDT that off the apron onto awesome. her face. That seemed very dangerous. That's something, like, I can't remember seeing a move like that. And honestly, it was executed perfectly. Yeah. Like, that looked really good. And obviously, Rhea was okay. But yeah, that was definitely the moment of the match for sure. Um... But yeah, and I, I think after that, you know, the last few minutes were better than the beginning. Um, I have down here, Asuka hit like a running knee and kicks and she got her in the arm bar and then put her in, put Rhea in her move, the Asuka lock, which Rhea countered. Um, and then Asuka was just kind of kicking the shit out of her, hit her with a few chest kicks. She missed one and then Rhea hit her with the Riptide slam and that was it. So it was kind of an abrupt ending, but yeah. I did like the last few minutes. Like the flow of that felt a little better than the early going. Yeah, it got a little bit more harsh. More yeah, and, yeah, and this, again, this was still a very solid match. Like, um, I, but I had very high expectations for it because both women are awesome and, um, just a slight letdown. I mean, overall, still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but happy for Rhea Ripley, of course. Um, her and, you know, Bianca, like we just said, you know, kind of being anointed two of the new faces of the women's division. Well earned. Um, so very, very excited to see how they each carry the torch on their respective shows. Yeah, it should be interesting. Hork your. 
So, um, oh, just before we get to the main event, I just want to point out that there was a little bit more nonsense. They trotted out uh, Titus O'Neil and Hogan again, and Bailey, who'd kind of been doing oh. a lot with them backstage. And I, li- I really like Bailey. Don't get me wrong. And I did think she was actually kind of like she at least had some humor and some stuff like that was entertaining to me during these moments. But like. We didn't need to see it here. Yeah. And the Bella twins came out, and they ended up, like, throwing her down the ramp. Oh, yeah. No, she, like, lost her glasses yeah. and everything. It Just, kinda, like, yeah. we don't need this. Yeah. Let's get to the main event. And let's. So, um, in said main event, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, defeats Daniel Bryan and Edge in 21 minutes, 41 seconds, in what I would call the best match of the two WrestleMania nights. Um, I thought this was great. Um, but yeah, I think a bit of a surprise that Roman won. I actually did pick him, but I think most people kind of thought Edge was going to take it here. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, definitely. Um, Greg Goldman thought that. Yep. Um, lots of people did. And, uh, you know, like they did go after Edge first. Yeah. Got him out of the ring really quickly. Um, oh, let I, me note real quick. I just want to say Edge's entrance, I loved. Like, you could tell that that was a big moment for him. He was fired up, running across. The fans gave him a big pop. Just thought that was very cool. Yeah, no, I thought it was really cool. And uh, so, like, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso go at him first and yeah, like, get so, him out of the ring. So, yeah, you know. Uso just immediately, in the, you know, this is a no-disqualification match, and he asserted himself right off the get-go, hitting those guys with super kicks. But mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, Edge was able to take him out pretty quickly, yeah. too. He hit him with the execution DDT on the steps. And yeah, and he the, the, the medical people took him out. Yeah, which, which was good. Um, but yeah, I thought this, the flow of this match was great. And like in a lot of triple threats, like you have a guy kind of take a nap as we like to say, like, you know, someone gets hit with a big move and they're kind of out of the ring for a bit and you have two guys in and then they kind of cycle. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was all, you know, each little section of the match when you had kind of edge and Brian and then you had Brian and Roman and then edge and Roman, like it flowed very well to me. Yeah. No, I thought, I mean, they probably gave the most time to Roman and Edge, you know, yeah. like, you know, when push comes to shove. But I don't think Daniel Bryan was, like, left out. Right? I thought all three. But, like, he, he had a lot of moves that, like, did change the tempo and the flow of the match. Yeah, yeah, all three guys looked great in this match, and there were a lot of big moves. Um, but let's kind of just go to the ending here. Um, I thought it was very cool when Edge had kind of brought the chairs in towards the end. And Reigns, I, th- I can't I think he hit him with it once, and then Reigns kind of got him out. But there was that one little piece of metal yeah, that, that stuck in the leg. Yeah. And Edge ended up putting Reigns in a cross face, grabbed that metal piece, and like put it in his mouth, and right. was pulling back. And Roman looked like his face was all fucked oh, up. Oh yeah, and, like, no, he was selling it. I mean, like it was awesome. I, I mean, like it's probably easy to sell it. Like that looked yeah. uncomfortable. Shit. And Edge is just ripping back and ripping back. Um, it reminded me, I've mentioned this, Gargano and Champa. they had a feud where Gargano was choking him with like a belt or something, I can't, or it was like a knee brace. It was yeah. a knee brace, same thing, that he was using that to choke him out, and that ended that match. So in this match, when that happened, and you see Roman's face and Daniel Bryan wasn't to be found, I think I even said like, holy shit, he might tap out. Yeah. Um, but then Bryan was able to come in. Oh, the ref falls down, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just right. see the ref, you know, just like get ready to like lean down and then he just boop, yeah. drops and is yanked out of the ring. Yeah. Like it's like there was a cane that like got stuck out from stage <laughs> right and yanked him off, you know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so that was slightly before or slightly after oh, that. Was it? 
But no, it's all good. Um, so remember, Brian came in, and while Edge had him in the crossface, Brian oh. put his own on. And remember, oh, they yeah, both and they were head each they other. They both had him oh, in it, okay. and then they yeah, started. Up yeah, yeah, no, you're good. They started head like that was an awesome moment because it's like, what's he gonna do now? Both of his arms were behind his back. He had metal in his mouth. How are you gonna tap or say you quit? You can't. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Edge and Brian headbutted each other. And kind of, you know, it broke up. Edge speared Daniel Bryan. Reigns finally comes to. He hit. He goes for a Superman punch on Edge, who ducks. And Edge hits him with a spear. And that's when he goes for the pin. One, two, and you think it's going to be three. And then all of a sudden, Bryan rips out char- referee Charles Robinson and off camera. So the camera work there was very right. well done. Um, and then kind of, as we kind of round to the end of the match, Edge brought the chairs back into the ring and we know we're getting close here. And he set both of them up for the concerto, which he puts their head on another chair and tries to whack them with another. That was classic old school Edge. He hits Brian and then Jay Uso comes back in at the very end. Edge spears him, but Roman, just based on the distraction, is able to spear Edge himself, hit Edge with the concerto. And then to show his dominance, he drags Roman or drags Edge onto Daniel Bryan and pins both of them to remain the head of the table. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it seemed like a lot of people after the match, reading stuff online, it said like Roman needs to win this, you know, like it's important for you know that title really solidified like, really his solidified, reign, yeah, his dominance, so yeah. to speak. And, and I think, you know, again, we haven't been watching this product for very long, but for me, an outside observer looking in, like, this was the first time Reigns has been a heel, and he's been great, and he's had this kind of dominant run. So that's kind of why I picked him. I just thought, like, you know, he's been the face of the company now for five, seven years, whatever, but, like, this kind of put that stamp on it, I'd yeah. say. Um, you know, obviously would have been really cool for Edge to get the win. I think it was 10 years to the day that he had to give up the title and retire. Um, you know, I don't think anyone really thought Daniel Bryan had a serious chance of winning, but he, you know, the excitement he had adds to a match like this was awesome. So I'm glad it was the triple threat. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, this was an awesome match. Very well worked. Everyone looked great. You know, I saw some people that were upset about the interference. It didn't bother me too much. Um, you know, would it, would it have been nicer if it was a cleaner finish? Sure. But, I mean, Roman's a heel. So, yeah. you know, it kind of makes sense. And Jey Uso's been doing this shit the whole time as his right-hand man, so to speak. So so it's expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty good. I'm just looking kind of through some notes here if there was anything earlier in the match that we missed. Oh, the uh, just one other big move I thought that was really cool was when Edge and Roman were kind of facing off and they ended up both going for the spear at the yeah. same time and like colliding shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like that's something I hadn't yeah. seen before. I, I like Edge's baseball slide kick. Oh yeah, that yeah. Yeah, you'll see a lot of guys like go for a double clothesline and like they'll hit each other, but I've never seen it with the spear. So I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. Uh, anything else from this match for you? I think we, you know, we pretty much covered. Yeah, I think we've, you know, cool shit was the yeah. last note I yeah. wrote. Again, best cool match shit. of both nights for me for sure. Um, I would call it probably a top three match of the entire weekend, along with uh, Cole O'Reilly and Champa Walter. Um, so WrestleMania specific. Now that we're through both nights, with, you know, I think it's pretty obvious we both like night one better overall. Uh, you know, this was your first WrestleMania. What'd you think? Uh, 
you know, like kind of this night sort of made like sort of showed the other side of like scale, mm -hmm. you know, because the scale like was applied to the promos and everything in between. And that kind of got a little bit inflated. So like, you know, I kind of came to realize in the meeting that, you know, scale can have sort of an adverse effect, mm -hmm. you know, unlike, you know, the beneficial effect it had on the first night. Sure. But I mean, you know, in seeing this match at the end. That really um, kind of made up yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that seemed like it was classic WrestleMania. That was epic, a like, very, very, very good centralized WrestleMania fastball yes. down the middle yes. wrestling. Yeah. And again, this, you know, this show did have the really good KO and Sammy matches and Sheamus and Riddle, but wish they would have gotten more time. But yeah, again, just going back to that first hour, it just really killed a lot of the, of the momentum coming in from night one. But yeah. overall, looking at WrestleMania as a whole, um, it still exceeded my expectations personally. Yeah, it did mine too. Like I thought there'd be a lot more buffoonery yeah. and silliness and just sort of anticlimactic matches, yep. you know, that sort of spawns from the silliness. But no, I thought that it was good wrestling. I mean, they, you know, like had some really good choreographed and executed matches. Yep. And, you, know, you know, getting to see more, Bian hit, more hits than misses. Yeah, agree for, for sure. sure. Getting to see Bianca win the big match. Getting to see Rey. Yeah, a lot of titles changing hands. Yeah. yeah. Cesaro getting his big moment. Um, you know, unfortunately, Drew kind of did not get his, but you know, he had a hell of a run with it, and I'm sure he's going to be back, be back in the title picture soon. But yeah, just a, a really fun weekend, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens tonight on Raw. Yeah. Hey, uh. Bruce Khan? Yeah, I think he left a bit ago, actually. Okay, good, good. Um, all right, uh, I got something I got to tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's up? Well, I, you know, I had a conversation with Bruce before you came in today. Yeah. So, uh, Vince and Bruce are planning to make me the host of the show. What? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's my reaction. But what, they what? were serious. Why? I mean, not, nothing against you, of no, course. No. But like that but just I, doesn't I make a reaction, lot of but, but, sense. But like, I don't know. They just kept trying to build me up and say, "Hey, we think you can do this. We think you can, you know, entertain people. We need to, you know, sometimes we got to turn things inside up, upside down, right, to make things right side up." That thing Fuck. I said. You know, I mean, what did, did they say? Like, are they pissed at something I did, or like, what? What's I mean, going? Like, my what's... my speculation is they're just pissed about just the general our general tone and coverage of WWE stuff that we just you know can't hide our uh, lack of enthusiasm toward you know certain parts of the product sure, overall. Sure, but well, now I mean, I'm that's, yeah. now I'm kind of pissed at Triple H because yeah. uh, what's up? I thought he was supposed to have our backs, and uh, you know when I talked to him a few days ago, he didn't say any. You know, he yeah. had no indication of this. Yeah, and like this is just this is just all really confusing. You know, like yeah, I don't know. How, at, again, at least with Turner, we knew where we stood. You know, we knew when we were in their good graces and we knew when we were in their bad graces. This is just like some sort of just fog just, that's just come over us and we just don't know like left from right or up from down. And I just don't understand why they would want you to host a wrestling pod. You know, like you're great in the role you're in. It just wouldn't make sense for you to be the one hosting and kind of talking about the matches and this. And I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. How is this going to... What the fuck? Like, is this happening? Is this done? 
Uh, I mean, the like, way the way Bruce talked, I mean... Like, is this next week, or... No, I mean, like, they didn't tell me, like, th like there was no for sure. I didn't hear from Vince. I got it. Bruce, I think, used the term, we're planning, or we want to do this. What the fuck? I mean, like... This is bullshit, man. I mean... Like, I thought, you know, know, you know, all this shit with Vince, you know, <laughs> the threats, the whatever, like, you know, I thought it was still somewhat, like in good fun or like you know i don't know is he just trying to fucking steamroll us because triple h hates raw i don't know i don't like the minute i think about what each person is out for my my head starts to hurt and then like you know i, I my my brain just is telling me like well just 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 do it just go like get on with it and just deal with it and then get to the next episode Jesus Christ. So maybe this is how we have to look at this. You know, we have to like... I mean, I would like to have a conversation with Bruce or Vince or firstly Triple H because yeah. what the fuck is that about, man? Well, like, uh, I mean, I have Bruce's number. I mean, I could text him. Yeah, please. I would love to talk to him. But uh, yeah. until then, uh, I've just got one thing to say and that's fuck you, Vince, and fuck you, Bruce.